It is the show live? Are we live? We're on the air. Pat, we're on the air. What? Hi, everybody. Welcome to the best show, which is the show that has been happening for a long time and it's happening for another episode. And this is going to be some episode. You're not even going to believe what's coming your way tonight. We got a topic that we're going to figure out names for strains of weed for New Jersey. Cause weed is legal in New Jersey. Is it soon or now? Is it there now? Is it there soon? It's coming, right? It's coming. And then you get that, uh, those New Jersey, uh, brand. We need like the equivalent of Maui Wowie, but for New Jersey. So we're going to come up with names like that. So you call up with that. And then we got, uh, uh, we're going to have a conversation with our friend Jason Walliner, who, uh, directed the, uh, Borat too. Very impressive, uh, feat. And he's going to be on the show and, uh, we're going to talk to him all about that and other things. And we're going to talk to you about anything you want to talk about. That's all it is. It's just, it's going to be a good show. It's going to be a good show, guys. And we're going to start it in a matter of moments. Once I figure out which button to press. And now I did. And now... We can start the program. The phone number 201-332-3484. That is the number. If you want to call the show and talk to me or talk to anyone via the show, it's a little inconvenient. You should probably contact them directly. But if that's how you wish to talk to someone, maybe you're having an old-fashioned sitcom-y fight with somebody and you're just like you tell so-and-so that I said this and then you talk through them and then maybe the two you draw a line through the uh, through the ha- the room and you can only cross on one side then it comes down to who got who got the bathroom on their side is the big thing whoever's got the bathroom on their side wins that uh, exchange but you call up and you talk and you have fun And I wish all of you the best show. Get it?
That's right. Yes. Hi. Hello. Hi. It's the best show. My name's Tom. I'm the host of the show, and we're here on a Tuesday night, just like we have been for the last 35 years. How about that? I remember it well. Uh, uh, Jimmy Carter was our president, and the world was talking all about about uh we were pretty excited season eight of mash had just begun and uh alan aldo started directing episodes for it so that was kind of fun to see what he did behind the camera uh and we were also cheering on the exploits of uh the uh broad street bums down in philly they were the hockey team that we all thought were the Tough guys of the world, and boy, oh boy, did we cheer them on. And we also had, uh, we did not cheer on Son of Sam. We booed him pretty harshly, uh, not too harshly. Could have booed him even more harshly, and we caught him. I remember the day we caught him when we were like, we got him. And that's when the best show started. It was an exciting show. The Yankees were in the World Series. The Broad Street Bums were doing their thing. Uh, mean Joe Green was all over the place doing stuff. Uh, John Travolta was di- disco dancing through Greece. And then we had the Sweat Hogs as well were doing, uh, the things they always did and punk, punk, boy, oh boy, punk. Don't, oh, don't forget punk, right? Remember what punk was doing back then? That was something else, huh? The mohawks and the needles and the, 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 in the noses and the streets were filled with punks. And, um, we were, uh, that's the best show. And now you look around and we got, uh, subreddits and, uh, and, Robots and other things that are now that seem to be quite prevalent in the world. Uh, I have to, to be honest, I have not been tracking what's been going on in the world lately outside of robots and Groupons. And, uh, oh, and then we got, uh, me, we had me, me and Joe Green. Now he's not, that was then. We got, uh, superstars like, uh, Alex Rodriguez. I know he's done. Um, we got cool dudes like Louis Gomert. He's pretty cool, right? Louis Gomert. How much, if let me look, how much do you think a Louis Gomert, if I, if I go to eBay and I type in, Louis Gomert autograph. What do you think comes up? Jason? Louis Gomert autograph? If I type in Louis Gomert signed and we see like what comes up, do you what, like what do you think if I, if I go there and I hit highest first (laughs) and I rule out the, the insane ones on eBay where it's always like you look and it's like, $10,000 $10,000 for a thing that I guess they're hoping some like chic wanted a thing in has <laughs> like a hundred trillion dollars. They could just buy it without thinking of 
like $10,000 and $5 are the same to somebody like that? Ruling those out. Okay. 30, what do you think, like a normal? $35, I'm going to say. $35, Pat says. Jason, don't I'm say 36. Say, uh, don't you say 36. Don't you, 36. Uh, price, don't you price is right, Pat. <laughs> no, let's do 75. 75. Yeah. Brayette, anything? Brayette, do you have an opinion on this? And this is this guy, Brayette. He runs Forever Dog Podcast Network, and that's the network that you can hear double threat with me and Julie Klausner doing our thing that comes out every Monday. New episode just dropped yesterday where we commiserate about both being blocked on Twitter by Alec Baldwin. And uh, you should get that wherever you get your podcast and you get two, you get two, two, two doses of Tom a week now. And you're going to get more than two because we got more meet my friends of friends right around the corner uh, coming those come to the patreon.com the, over at patreon.com slash the best show. That's how you support the show. Uh, Brad, how much do you think of Louis Gomert? Uh, when I type Louis Gomert signed, what do you think comes up? Yeah, I'll lowball it. Put me down for uh, 15. 15, 15 I'm, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to even go lower. I'm going to say 10. Let's see. Here we go. Louis Gomert signed. Let's see. Well, here's a nice, this one, this one's actually nice. I like that one too. Ooh, this one's cool. Ah, I like that one. I'm gonna buy all of these. What if I just bought all of them and had them all like took them to like a frame shop and got like insanely expensive frames? Louis Gomert's from what state now? Texas. 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 Yeah, uh, that's something to be proud of. Louis Gilmer, $34.99, Um, What is it, a signed headshot? Is it like his glossy headshot? Eight by ten photos. Let me tell you if I, <laughs> if I go highest first, what comes up. 50 is the highest first. Then it goes to 35 for a bunch. Trading cards. 2020 Leaf decision, political trading card base. Who wants a Louis? Go- Can you imagine? I got a Louis Gomert rookie. If they had like political trading cards, right? Get like a Mitch McConnell uh, rookie card from what, like 75, 1975. Be a little get him, get him in that old. Baseball card font, right? Yeah, I got a Louis Gomert and an Oscar Gamble card. I like Louis Gomert's style. I disagree with him on literally everything, but I think he's cool. This one picture of him holding up just a packet of papers of like documents where he's screaming about the papers with the Capitol building in the background. Um, Funny thing, I got a pretty good look at the Capitol building last week. Uh, it's nice in there. They, uh, I will say, couldn't find bathrooms. Uh, they're a little hard to find, so you gotta go in the hall. Technically, anywhere is a bathroom. It's horrible. I'm sorry. I was not in the Capitol. You think I'm Ariel Pink? 
you know, when, when, uh, when, uh, when they were like, Ariel Pink is at the Trump protests, I was like, oh, I know what that means. Clearly David Bowie and Sid Barrett at one point went to the Capitol and this guy's here doing it worse. Hey, Guy never, never, and it tripped across an original idea. That guy. That's one of those guys you hear the first time you hear it, you're like, oh, that's a fraud. Am I wrong? Didn't, didn't like it then. Don't like it now. Like it a little less. I'm saying the aerial pink sucks. Always did. Always will. And I've got the receipts. May Louis Gomert, may your sister share a bunk bed with Louis Gomert. That'd be what the Karnak would say. No. That was, that whole thing was, uh, a debacle and a, a, a sickness and, uh, I just sat there trying not to throw up the whole day. But here we are. Right? Wait, what is it? It's not the Broad Street bums. I'm looking on Twitter and I see, I see, uh, I see Mary is going, uh, going ham. Man, I don't like how that felt coming out of my mouth. I'm not doing that again. Um, yeah, it's not the broad, what is it? It's a broad street bullies, broad street bums. Which one? Talking to three guys. Brad only knows anything that happens in Atlanta. They they call themselves the bullies. I thought you were doing a riff on it, calling them the bums. No, no, I thought it was a broad, I thought it was a broad street bums. They were the broad street bullies. Look, I've been, again, I've been doing this show for a long time. These are the things I've, I, I've forgotten more about this than any of these people remember. Yeah, but I want to just say, uh, this Louis Gomert. He, he, uh, not my kind of guy. Not my kind of guy. I'd like to see someone pour a milkshake over his head. He's got like a perfect head to dump a milkshake over. Right? And they dump it and he just goes, hmm, strawberry. On sitcoms, when people dump milkshakes on your head, right? And then the person just, why does the person stand so still? Milkshakes don't pour quickly. They pour out very, very slowly. You're, you're committing to letting them dump the entire milk. I'd be like, stop pouring, like you pull away. Like, don't pour that on me. But they stand there and then they go, hmm, chocolate. Anybody ever poured a milkshake on your head, Pat? Thankfully, no. Night's still young though, huh? Night's still young. When I'm back at that uh, 
you know, who knows? Comedy night, audience participation, who knows? You're yeah. back in the cellar. And you're back at the cell. Yeah. When you're back over at UCB theater. When I'm back practice. seeing Gallagher too. <laughs> but it's never who knows? Back. What's not? UCB What's not? Theater? UCB? No yeah. way. No, I don't I'm, think that's coming back here. No, I think it is. I think it is. I think they came up with a good idea. They're opening one right on Broadway now. They're going to do it like literally the Lunt Fontaine Theater is now going to be UCB Theater. I think they're going. UCB Fontaine. I think they might be going in the wrong direction, taking, biting <laughs> off even more than they can chew this time to, to move the theater literally to Broadway. <laughs> but no, look, I, I'm not going to put that in the UCB. I got so many good things out of that theater over the Me years. Too. But uh that one over on the shows. But you you're not the reason they closed the place, are you? I, thought I that kind was... of think I was. I play I performed the last night. I thought that was I thought it was what you call it was the last one. Uh uh Wado did like a thing there and then like I think they shut the lights off halfway through his show. <laughs> That's the 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 guy from George Lucas talk show, Wado. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe we could get confirmation from that producer of that show. I don't know. That kid. Um, yeah. So this Louis Gomert, not my kind of guy. I'd, I'd, uh, he, he's got a head perfect for dumping a milkshake on top of. I said he's got a very powerful signature. Very, very, a very, uh, very playful. The signature. You want to look at funny signatures? Look at, look at Lou Reed's signatures on, look at Lou Reed autographs and like, you will see literally the most half-hearted signature you've ever seen in your life. When you look at some of the, some of the signatures that Lou threw down at different points. There's one I'm looking at right now where it looks like he just wrote a lowercase h, and then another lowercase h, and then a little witch hat. And that's supposed to say Lou Reed. Now, people, Lou, sweet Lou, uh, not known for his signature. Although there's a pretty sweet copy of New Sensations here. It says, to Ziggy. Something Lou Reed. Ziggy. Is that Ziggy the cartoon fella waited online to get Lou Reed's autograph? So while we're talking about, uh, about, uh, Philadelphia and the Broad Street bullies, Another, another, uh, bully of a, of a different stripe. Uh, where is this kid? He tweets at me all the time. Um, tweeted at me today. Craig Gethard. Um, where is it? He's trying to, he's trying to go after Jim Jordan. Who's Jim Jordan?
uh, senator, right? Yeah. I like the idea that this is what this kid, Craig Gethard, is saying. Um, he said he's trying to get, like, I would love to start a boycott Jordan hashtag going and get a lot of people to join in telling his donors, I need a famous person. Can you help with this? Get a and then the next tweet, at Josh Gondelman, at me, at Pat Oswald, at Mountain Goats, can you help? Meanwhile, go ask your brother. Where's your brother? This kid, Craig Gethard, his brother is Chris Gethard, Chris and Craig. And it's like, go ask your brother to help out. You asking me and Josh Gondelman, Pat Oswald. Hit your brother up. Put him on the thing. Put me on blast like that. Then I don't do it. Then I look like I look like uh, like uh, I got my head buried in the sand. Sick. I agree with the message. Agree with the message. Don't agree with the style. Craig Gethard, low class. Not low. No, no. You're like you're like school in the summer. Craig Gethard. Jason, say why? Why? No class. Pat, any calls? Tons. Full phones. Full phones. Full phones. That's what I like on a Tuesday. We've been doing this show for since 1975, and we still get full phones the second we throw that number out. <laughs> I remember how it was back then. I did the show. Then it was Art Russ Jr. came on. He did his thing. Then uh, then we had... Uh, then, then we had uh, Dr. Gene Scott did a show. It was a fun time, and Regis Philbin had a morning show on the station. Give me a good one, Pat, please. Hello? Hello, hi. Welcome to the best show. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Good. To whom am I speaking? This is Dave in Woodside, Queens. Dave in Woodside, Queens. Yes, although I'm upstate. What's going on? <laughs> well, what, what's much. Woodside, Queens like? Uh, Woodside, Queens has a lot of Irish bars, Thai food, and uh, the Seven Train. Mm. <laughs> Who's the most famous person from Queens? From all of Queens? Yeah. Um, gosh. Uh, Tony Bennett. Um, Ed Burns, James Kahn, Jimmy Kahn, Jimmy Kahn. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. What's your name again? Jeff, Joe, Dave, Dave, <laughs> Dave. Would you, you know, when you see these like Jimmy, Jimmy Kahn, like guys like that, and they were like tough guys and they'd like knock everyone's block off. At what point do me personally do, am I, am I the, am I like a sad sack for being like running through in my mind? Yeah, I could beat him up now. But then I'd be like, yeah, who's, who's, who's a tough guy now? I mean, well, this guy's, yeah. this guy's old. He's hobbled. 
<laughs> he's, he's getting around. He's 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 compromised. He's just he's 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 not he's not at his peak physically. In terms yeah, of no, fighting, I still have a part of me that wants to still just like pop him in the mouth <laughs> and then look at him and go like, "Yeah, who's tough now? Not so tough, are you?" Yeah, that's been tough without a script in front of him. Is that a character flaw? <laughs> no, I think it's fine. Be honest. No, be honest. Really? Be honest. No, no, I think we all agree no? inside to some degree. <laughs> that I don't look at a guy like that and then think like, <laughs> like when I see like. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel. And Doug is back from down under. G'day. G'day. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here, too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. Who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Like, uh, like who's another fan? Like, I see like Chuck Norris and I'm just like, I I, uh, beat the crap out of you now. I don't tell everybody I beat up Chuck Norris. Right? Yeah, okay. He's 80. I get it. He's 80. It's maybe not. I might not be fighting peak Chuck Norris. <laughs> it still counts. It still goes on the resume. But it still counts, right? Yes. I not mean, do do I have to do two for ones on these guys and like <laughs> fight Chuck Norris and Jimmy Khan <laughs> at the same time so that it's like somewhat equal? It might even it out a little bit, but you know, I, I'd still put my money on you. Yeah, but but is that a, is that a sign? Does that is that a true character flaw that I have <laughs> no, it I in me to want to fight old time, <laughs> old old former tough guys? Yeah, I'd say if you wanted to just fight old people in general, that would be a problem, but not not with this uh, level of specificity. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I just don't want to look bad on this. I just don't want to look bad on this. I understand. Okay. Just don't want to look bad because I look. I, I. I mean, the Chuck Norris one is is legit. I would. I'd fight Chuck Norris now. <laughs> He's kind of asking know, for it too. Yeah. I mean, it's just like he was not at the MAGA march though. But people were saying there's like some dude who looked like him there. <laughs> How did that shake out, Jason? (laughs) Jason, did you track that? What is it? That Chuck, there's like people were posting pictures of Chuck Norris at the thing, but they don't think it was actually him. Well, he was wearing a bolo tie, but the the, uh, nose does not look like Chuck Norris's nose. (laughs) Yeah. And those Chuck Norris. I don't know. I don't know if it was him. Do you think that the uh, raid on the Capitol would have been more successful if it actually was Chuck Norris? No, I think it would have been less successful because I think <laughs> it was probably him. Chuck Norris. Is that, and Jason, do you think it's a sign of weakness that I actively would consider fighting Chuck Norris at this point in his life 
and then consider it a complete victory to me when I thump an 80-year-old former tough guy? No, I think it's a sign of strength. Thank you. Thank you. You get it. Who are some other tough guys that might be over the hill that I could maybe uh, square Uh, off against? Mr. T. Steven Seagal is a good one. I still think Steven Seagal. Who? Ben Gazzara. Ben Gazzara needs no idol. Is Ben Gazzara still with us? Mr. T. I don't want to fight Mr. T. I like Mr. T. Harrison Ford. I could fight. Right? How how would you start the fight? Would you go for his earring first? I go for the. I I fake like I'm going for the earring. Then I do my famous wrestling move, which I call the Millennium Falcon door. <laughs> then I'd fly and I'd pretend I'd land. I'd land on him like that Millennium Falcon door landed on him on the set of uh, Episode Seven. <laughs> Boy, that must have been a great day on set. So exciting! We got Harrison Ford back. He barely wants to be there. Bare, barely. I don't, I don't even know all. this story. A door <laughs> oh. fell on him. Yeah, uh, the Millennium Falcon door slid shut and crushed his leg. Are you serious? During filming. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Never knew that. Uh, not much of a news hound, are you, Pat? <laughs> <laughs> I saw the movie, but I didn't see that. Well, they, what well, do you they, think? They that's going to be in it. <laughs> you think, yeah, you think that scene at the very look, end? I would put it in it if I was making if After I was making credits. episode seven. <laughs> yeah. I would have put that in. Yeah, at the very <laughs> least, that's blooper reel material. Yeah, at the end <laughs> for the credits, you know. Joey, <laughs> it's in 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 memoriam oh! of, of his of his tendons in his leg. Chewbacca's just grunting, trying to lift it off of his leg. Or no, but just out of that, out of the Chewbacca costumes, that you hear like, "Hey, man, are you okay?" <laughs> hey, man, are you all right? Like just dropping the voice. Hey, are you okay? And then, um, but if I was directing episode seven, I would say on it, I would say at the beginning, it would be like, "Stay in the theater." For, for the blooper reel, including footage of the Millennium Falcon door landing on Harrison Ford's leg. <laughs> I'll tell you one thing: people would be coming into the theater. People, the movie would end, and then the theater would fill up. <laughs> people wanting to watch that that uh, Millennium Falcon door slam on his. I was like, and look, I hope he's okay. I I hope he's fine. He seems like he's fine. He's a he's an old crab apple, Harrison Ford. Am I that kind of crab apple? I don't think so. On a scale of Harrison Ford and Fran Lebowitz, where do I rank on that old crab apple scale? Because right now crab apples are having a moment. Dave, where do you think I am? Do you think I'm an old crab apple? I feel like um, I, I, I'd say I'd say a healthy six. I, th- I think a healthy much, there's six. People who, there's people that base their entire existence on crabbiness. But I don't base my whole thing because, like, Fran Leibowitz is a ten on the crab apple scale. Yes, yeah, hundred Harrison Ford nine point eight. I'm going to say because he looks truly unhappy with show business. Right. 
He's only happy when he's when he's crash landing one of his planes. <laughs> he's been trying to get out of show business three times now. Get off my plane! Like that's is that what he meant when he said "get off my plane"? And then he then he crashes it in a field. Get off my plane! Do you say I'm a six, Pat? Where do you say I am on the crab apple scale? I think that's accurate. Maybe maybe a five point five. Thank you. Okay, five point five, Jason. He's going to say, oh, I think you're a, a one. I don't think you're <laughs> a one. <laughs> yeah, you're at least a two. Uh, I think six is good. It's not the whole personality, but it, you, you can uh, use it for good. You okay. you can right. be a six. You can show up and be a six. But right. I think average, okay. you're, you're 5.5. 5. Very good. Brett, any thoughts? I mean, I'll preface it by saying I think it's a badge of honor in this world to be to be a crab apple. Oh, uh, thank you, thank you. And, and uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm going to put you at an eight. I think you're oh, one of the eight. one of the all time uh, great crab apples. To be honest, well, okay, Brad. I'll you know what? I'm not sure if that hurt my feelings or if it made me feel great, but I'm going to take it. <laughs> and I also want to say one other thing with this Chuck Norris thing, right? This guy, I'm a black belt, right? I'm a black. You know, I'm going to start doing, start buying belts. I'll go buy a, yeah, so am I. <laughs> what are those belts? 99 cents at a karate superstore, right? Go to a karate shop. Yeah, I'll take two black belts. That'll be $3. <laughs> now I'll start wearing like double. I'm a double black belt. <laughs> it's like if I was in Nexium, I'd roll in there. I'd have different sashes on. And Keith would be like, that's not one of our, uh, like, you're not that. Oh, oh, look at the, I'd say, talk to the sash. <laughs> you have five green stripes on your sash? Yep. When did that happen? I don't know, man. May, you must have been busy. You must have been busy playing volleyball. You must have been a, maybe a little less volleyballing and a little more sashing. And you'd know how I got five green stripes on my sash. Just go make your own, right? Am I wrong? Walk around with a, a black belt? Yeah, I'm a black belt. <laughs> Walk into like a dojo. Just start making myself a coffee from their little coffee station that they have over in the corner. Because that is the one thing about a dojo. Not a lot of overhead with a dojo. Your dojo, you got to evacuate your dojo like like full on. You got to throw a couple mats in the back of a pickup truck. Like what do you have to do? A couple mats in the back of a pickup truck? The coffee maker? Some chalk. Some, ch- some chalk. <laughs> some chalk. And then like uh, a dry erase board probably that has like schedules written on it you could you could you could you could do a spanish prisoner on your uh on your uh on your dojo in three minutes i'm gonna say if you got a pickup truck you'd be out what do you think i agree thank you so dave what what, what do you got for me tonight uh, so I have a, a good list of stuff, well, maybe a good list of um, strains for the topic. I don't know if um, 
maybe you want to knock them out lightning round style or something like that. But you just get you lay them on me. <laughs> Sorry. Having right, a good go. time today. Having a good time. Uh, <laughs> um, Asbury Spark. Oh, Asbury Spark. That's a you might you might have come up. There's no way when weed is a hundred percent legal in New Jersey. Literally, there is no way that there won't be an Asbury Spark strain. <laughs> uh, Joey Sten, psychedelic sex team. Wait, say that again. Joey Stens, psychedelic sex Okay. Team. Okay. Uh, Bro La Tango. Oh, my God. Bro La Tango. That's great. We're like maybe like, whoa, La Tango, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that better, actually. Like, I'm so baked, it's whoa, La Tango. <laughs> uh, Speaking Chris, of baked, baked Springsteen, <laughs> right? You know there's going to yeah. be one called The Boss. There's First of all, there's no way there's yeah. not just going to be like a uh, weed called The Boss in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. But um, like baked baked Springsteen? <laughs> bong, bong, no, bong, bong Springsteen. Bong Springsteen. That's what they could name the boss, like the the best model of of the Springsteen bong uh, mm. line. Yeah, well, it's funny because the the like the big model should be called the boss, <laughs> right? And then the other one would be like the uh, the uh, Danny Federici, right? <laughs> On the keyboard, we got. Danny Federici. No. <laughs> On piano. Professor Roy Batan, Bong Tan. <laughs> and look, I live in New Jersey my whole, I grew up there my whole life. Never heard anybody with that accent ever. Yeah. On the piano. <laughs> Professor Roy Batan. What? Batan. <laughs> Batan. Able to able to climb, fly over buildings in a single leap. What? Where'd that accent come from, Bruce? That's not freehold. No, no, they're not freehold. Free no, he's his accent. I don't even know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I was just having this it's conversation. A you were having that conversation, Pat? Yeah, Mindy and I, the other day, were having the exact same conversation. I was like, it's not Freehold. I don't know where it's from. Yeah. Nobody well, knows. Uh, somebody on Twitter, Kim, just said, or KM, just said, Bud Stemstein. It's pretty good. Bud Stemstein. <laughs> so which other ones you got, uh, uh, oh, yeah. Dave? I, got, <laughs> I have uh, Chris Christie's Crispiest. Cush Christie. Should be one first. Like I think it should be. Well, an edible could be called Chris Crispies Crispies, if they yeah, were like yeah. Rice crispy edibles. Yeah, Chris Crispies. Yeah, there we go. And then you just have like a picture of him looking all, all like blown out. He always Chris Christie always had that look. Like a like a tired commuter coming in from New York City. Like, you ever take New Jersey Transit? You watch those guys getting off the train at the end of the day, 
and they're, they couldn't be more exhausted. That's Chris Christie. Always looked like the, the businessman in his rumpled suit from a long day of commuting <laughs> and like ties all undone and sloppy. He just wants to get home. Maybe he has like a can of Bud Lime in the paper bag that he bought on the platform. <laughs> Sleeping against the wall. Yeah. Oh, Perry Shaw. Perry Shaw. This guy, Perry Shaw. He's a, a rock star. And he's got uh, dankness on the edge of town. P- Perry, you might have done the whole thing in one tweet. And then maybe they'll be like, hey, it's me, Bruce. You guys like to get high. Well, I got a new weed. There's a dankness on the edge of town. There's a dankness on the edge of town. Like if Bruce just starts selling weed, why not? Jim Belushi is. You got anything else, Dave? Yeah, I got a Denki Valley in the 420 Seasons. Danky Valley and the 420 <laughs> seasons. That, <laughs> that is amazing. Danky Valley and the 420 seasons. You made my night with that one, Dave. <laughs> Thank you. I also have a Bada Bingdika. Very good. Well, this has a Bada, this Bada Bingdika. Is a very mellow. Uh, it's very mellow. <laughs> yeah. You're looking for more of a head high. I think you might want dankness on the edge of town. Uh, <laughs> if you really want to just feel kind of like, like uh, if you're worried about getting getting to the munchies or whatever, you maybe try Danky Valley in the 420 seasons. That's more of just like a sustained high, more of a mellow sustained high. <laughs> Is there any rule about that uh buying karate belts? <laughs> There's no rule about that, right? No, I think it's fun. looked down upon. I think it's definitely frowned upon. So if I went into a karate shop and was just like, yeah, give me a robe uh, and uh two black belts. <laughs> They're going to ask for proof. They're going to ask for proof. <laughs> um, okay. Um, oh, I got you. I got you. Here we go. Jason just, uh, let's see. What do we got? Oh, here we go. Look at this. Bong Jovi. Red Dank. Northern Jersey Lights. Taylor ham, egg, and weed is pretty good. Yeah, because that would be the argument. I wonder if there'll be like a North Jersey, South Jersey argument over like a certain strain of weed where it's like, we call it, we call it dankness on the edge of town. Everything north of New Brunswick, it's called dankness on the edge of town. That argument makes me sad. The Taylor ham 
fried bologna. What is it? If tell, Pat, just explain it to me. In New Jersey, there's pork pork roll. Pork roll, yeah. South and Central Jersey call Taylor ham pork roll, and then us Northerners call it Taylor ham. Uh huh. And what what do you call it, Taylor ham? I grew up calling it Taylor ham. That's when Taylor I ham. went to a diner. And I saw it on the menu. It was written down as Taylor Ham. That's how I know it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the name of the product, like if you look at the product, it's actually called pork roll. But because they can't legally call it ham. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. But the, but the nickname up north is Taylor Ham. Chris Gethard, who grew up a town away from me, calls it Taylor Ham. I call it Taylor Ham. I think Jason does too, even though he's from call Taylor Ham, mm-hmm. Virginia. Yeah, but I lived in Jersey for 10 years. <laughs> I know. You get to call it whatever you want. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, oh, I gotta, I gotta answer the phone. I'll be right back. Okay. Here's a nice tweet, Dave. You'll be happy to hear this one. What a horrible show. Who is the stoner <laughs> fool who keeps giggling at everything you say? <laughs> well, his name's Dave. <laughs> I'm not a stoner. Just a fool. Just a fool. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. From now on, though, your name is Stoner Fool on the show. <laughs> no. We're calling no. a Stoner Fool. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, he's Stoner Fool. Say, say, it's me, Dave, a.k.a. the Stoner Fool. <laughs> I'll have to debate that one. John Solomon, the, 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 the celebrity disc jockey who does the, the, the Christmas, uh, show on WPRB, um, says 10th Avenue smoke out. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Pat, give me another one, please. You want one more weed names? Yeah. Okay. Best show, hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Dan. Dan? Dan, Ben. Like Jason, but with a C-N. Jansen. Where are you calling from, Jansen? Rochester. Rochester. Oh, Rochester. You know who that is? Exactly. Uh, I know the quote, and I know the voice. I can't. uh, Jack Benny. Jack Benny. You were... Show's keeping its references very fresh tonight between Ben Gazzara, <laughs> Jack Benny. What's next? The Shadow? We're going to talk about the Shadow? Um, I hope. No. So what do you got for me, Dan? Well, the... Uh... Jan- Jansen. Jansen, not Dan. <laughs> Jansen. Sorry. Uh, well, no, uh, well not, you guys were just complaining about Fork Bowl, but I'll, I'll start off my list with that. Uh, fork Bowl, Drow. And say it again, your phone's a little muffly. Oh, uh, pork row, row. Pork? Pork roll. Row. Pork? Pork roll, what? R-O. Pork row. Grow. Grow. D-R-O. Pork row, grow. Pork row, grow. Yeah. Okay. Am I missing the reference on that? Well, grow is like a, uh, what the kids call a weed. Ah, okay. We got I only know it as 
the jazz cigarettes. Yeah. Or the sticky icky. Wacky tobacco or the wacky, yeah. Well what, uh, you got any other ones? Yeah, I have full service diesel because you can't pump your own gas. Full service diesel, that's a good one. Because you, because in New Jersey, I will say this: people don't realize in California and everywhere else, you got to pump your own gas. New Jersey, you can't, and the gas is cheaper, and it's cheaper. I've had people That'll, ask if you have a tip. What's that? I said I've had people from out of state ask if you have a tip. Every time. Do you tip? Do you tip? I grew up not tipping. Should I? Hey, you throw him a dollar. Wouldn't kill you to throw him a buck. One buck? I don't live there anymore. Okay. Well, you go back, you throw some money around to make up for your past uh, sins. All right. You go back with uh, like uh, 300 singles. Just start passing out at gas stations. Just hit every gas station. Yeah. Go back to your regular gas station. And be a big time, everybody. <laughs> All right, Jansen. Anything else? Uh, we lost him. We lost him. Is our guest here? Yes, he is. Well, why don't we talk to our guest? And this is going to be exciting. Let's see if we got our guest on the line. Best show. Hi. Hello. Hello. Oh. oh my goodness. Now let me hey. just say this before, before I say anything. All right. Usually when it comes to guests on this show, it's a just, it's, it's one's worse than the next. I'm just going to be honest. It's pretty, it's pretty slim pickings lately. I look at Mar- uh-huh. Mark Marin's got, uh, this week, Nicole Kidman. I'm like what? Nicole Kidman. Meanwhile, I'm over here. I got uh, the guy, guy who uh, stepped on uh, guy stepped on David Crosby's foot at a at an Arby's. This is the best guest I can get until tonight. That is because the year 2020 has been uh, it's quite a challenging year for for in so many different fields. More. The the field of movies was uh, rocked harder than just about any other by the pandemic, and it's you can count on one hand the amount of great movies that came out in 2020, and one of those five you might even have a finger left over. But I'm gonna say Borat, subsequent Borat. What is a subsequent movie film? Yes. And this guy directed that movie. This is the director of Borat 2 on the phone. Jason Walliner. How Thank are you? you? I'm, I'm good. That's very kind of you. Uh, the movie's so funny. Everybody loves it. Everybody says it's, it's a, and it's the hardest movie in the world to make. There's nothing harder than making a sequel to the, one of the funniest movies ever. No, it was, it was daunting. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, I did the first interview I was able to do. I was like, I, I, when I met with 
Sasha, I, I kind of came on very strong, and I was like, this movie's going to be nearly impossible to do well. Um, you know, it, it could be just a huge embarrassment, uh, it's just, or a forgettable, you know, one of the best case scenarios is that it's forgettable. <laughs> yeah, that's, that that's actually, yeah, that's, uh, you're right. That is actually one where people just go, yeah, 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 fine. Dumb. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the worst case is that it's like a true embarrassment and the idea, like if, if, if we'd cast the wrong person to play his daughter, it would have been a real bummer, I think, with the wrong actor. And, um, and I, and so that was, but I said, but if it's, if it's good, if it, you know, if it isn't bad, it'll, it could be great. It could be a really amazing thing, uh, and really good. I mean, this was before COVID, so it was more about doing a really funny movie that people could go see in the theater, um, which kind of went, went away. But, um, but the first time I talked to anyone about it, they only printed the first part. So it was, it just came out that, um, I came in to this meeting and tried to convince him not to do it. <laughs> it was like, don't hire Which, me. Yeah. Don't do yeah. it. Just don't do it. Yeah. What I'm is, telling yeah. you, like, as if you would go into the thing and say, look, you want me to direct this thing? Don't <laughs> hire gonna, me for this. Yeah. <laughs> don't hire anyone for this. Here's my shut, shut this whole thing down. Don't make it. Everyone go home. <laughs> yeah, that makes actually makes me sound really uh, pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, no. walked in, told them don't do it. They're making a mistake. And you just got up and left. And I, <laughs> I knocked all the papers off the desk and left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that and how long ago was that where you were you were uh, courted or 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 approached about? potentially directing the movie that was almost two years ago so that was early march um of 2019 okay right? and then yeah. because it's it seems like because it seems like the movie that could never get made just for the most for many reasons the most obvious being that everybody knows Borat. Yeah, most people know Borat, I would say. We figured there was something, we have like, you know, to find the real people in the movie, they, uh, there's a department that's kind of unique to this type of movie that uh, we call a field team. It's more like um, what you'd be on like a daily show or something. There's people from those backgrounds and uh, and kind of documentary backgrounds and, and reality backgrounds and stuff because their job is to go into the world and find people and we knew it was daunting from the very beginning. Um, but even so, it was much harder than we thought. Um, I think they figured out that like 0.05% of people <laughs> are both unaware of who he and the character was and, but also, um, good, you know, good on camera. Like we would say, we need a, we need a racist dentist who has never heard of Borat. <laughs> it's like a, a very specific casting on this. Yeah. So, the, so, so they would cast these wide nets and go and look for people. And are yeah. they just showing them? Is it like a battery of things? Because I guess you can't just walk in and say like, "Hey, you know, this is and show like one picture." It's like a very long and delicate process that's, you know, invisible to whoever 
they're doing it with, but there are ways to determine whether or not people have heard of them, and that's what they basically mm-hmm. they, they spend a long, long time doing. So everything, everyone you see in the movie, you know, we had to make sure that they didn't know Sasha and they didn't know Borat, um, and also, you know, we also had to make it convincing. It was, it, that's what I was. One of the things in the beginning, I was wondering if we'd be able to pull off is if you see someone with Borat uh, in 2020. Do you just not believe they don't know who who he is? Um, and uh, and that's you know a lot of like the disguises that he's in. There's a lot of debate about that. And you know every single person on screen, every real person, did not know who he was or the character or that it was a comedy movie. Um, so yeah, we did eventually find enough people. But it, you know it's one of the reasons we it took a year to film because yeah, he is a very famous movie character. And it, it yeah because it's not like Sasha Baron Cohen has kept doing Borat since the movie came out. It seems like he made the first movie, then promoted the first movie as Borat when he went yes. from radio station to talk shows and things in character, and yeah, then that was more or less the end that, of Borat. Yeah, then he said he retired him. He had brought him out for a few bits on Jimmy Kimmel in the 14 years since. But, yeah, I think that was in our favor that um, he, uh, yeah, he, he hadn't done the character since. And, and that a lot of people kind of, you know, were either not super into movies and pop culture or a few of the people were young when it came out. And um, and it just, you know, it didn't cross their radar. There were still, though, even, even after this kind of exhaustive, delicate, invisible process, there were still a few times where it just slips through the cracks where people we were pretty sure they didn't know who he was and know the character was and then just something clicks when we're when they're in the room with him and i remember there was one guy that didn't make it in the movie um in the kind of makeover sequence where they're talking about uh maybe getting her plastic surgery and we're trying to find guys that um have misogynist views and we'll say you know you know kind of revealing things in these situations and he's in the disguise and then the guy just stops and says, you know, you look just like Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> and, uh-huh. it, um, and then there's a whole protocol in place for when that happens. Um, and, yeah, we, yeah. Uh, so no matter what you do, that's still going to happen. But it is a very, I mean, this kind of thing is such a rare situation. But, um, yeah, yeah. So it, even after all that, it still happened a few times. Yeah, because if people... It's not on their exactly on the front burner because the movie happened 14 years ago. That first movie. Yes. Yeah. So they haven't exactly been given a whole lot of thought to Borat, and it's almost just like a concept at that point. And then this concept is actually walking around in front of you. Well, that was the craziest. Like one of the first times, I think we, you know, we called like, when he was in character as Borat as disguise. We would refer to those that mode as like gray suit. And the first time I saw him as Borat, looking like Borat, not disguised, and interacting with a real person who just did, was not aware of who he was, um, it was genuinely surreal being in the room uh, then because it was like someone, it was like introducing someone to Austin Powers or Homer Simpson <laughs> and, and, and them being like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. I, I just treated this... Uh, very cartoony uh, comedy character in some ways uh, as a real person was, yeah, deeply weird to watch. Wait, so Austin Powers is not a real guy? 
That's a no. That's a Mike Myers character. Okay, that's what I thought. I'd look. I that's yeah, okay. I thought so. Okay. Now that um <clears throat> that he he um and he had not done the character for so long that it must have just been like it's like it must have been surreal for everybody himself yeah. included. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, there's a out. lot of. I mean, a decade and a half, you're a different person, and uh, there was a lot of. I mean, we did a lot of watching of the old um, Borat stuff from both the movie and the LG show, and. Even older stuff, I, you know, I definitely watched everything he ever did as that character. I, I watched the first movie more than 30 times um, just to try to, like, get my head around the tone of it and the editing rhythm and just how scenes, you know, scenes are often much longer in real life and just trying to keep in my head the kind of rhythm of how they would edit down and what we needed from scenes and the shooting style and to try to really even make it look um, kind of of that era, not make it look uh, 4K, Netflixy, very modern and kind of the way everything looks now is to kind of try to make it match what, um, Larry Charles did in the first one and, and do anything we could to kind of bring viewers back into the feeling of, of watching that stuff. Yeah. Cause it is a, it is a funny thing that comedy, I, we, we've talked about this in real life and it's <laughs> just like comedy is so hard. To be funny when it looks too good. Yeah. When yeah, you start seeing like through it in terms of high death. 4K can be a real comedy killer for a certain kind of comedy. If you're matching a specific look, um, you know, it can be different. But yeah, there is something where if things are a little grittier and low, low res and low end and just feel a little bit older there is it does help help that stuff for sure yeah it's kind of the thing where as long as you can hear it you're okay people can roll with just about any visual look at this point after cell phones youtube every every thing like that like people people's eyes will adjust to almost any look but if, if it looks too good it just feels produced Yes, well, yeah, and especially on this, where it, um, the kind of worse it looked, the realer it felt. Um, and a lot of it, like all of the CPAC stuff was on iPhones and little DSLR cameras, and there were lots of stuff that we just, yeah, grabbed an iPhone. When we're when he's in the KKK robes walking through CPAC, that was 100% iPhones, because we were just standing in the hallway and, you know, didn't want to look like a camera crew, but couldn't um, mount hidden cameras in that hotel, obviously. So, um yeah, I mean, but you look at the first one when he's just chasing the chicken around on the subway. That's like really old, little, like I think mini DV cameras. I mean, it looks really low res, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It, it it just makes it feel you know so convincingly real, which, which yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. So what were what were some of the what were some of the highlights, low lights of <laughs> like what was like what was like a highlight where you also thought. I might die today. <laughs> the two of the two that were most like that was actually there were there were three. The one where I really thought we were gonna die or we could die and it's kind of even crazier in light of mm-hmm. the events of last week because it was kind of the same crowd and the same vibe. There was a gun rally in Richmond, Virginia, January of last year, almost exactly a year ago. And it got a bunch of press at the time. They were 
it was like the biggest Second Amendment rally, I think, in American history. There were over 20,000 people there, mostly guys uh, with, like, just giant semi-automatic weapons. Just, like, all these open carry guys at all these kind of goofball, military-looking cosplayers. <laughs> like, just mm-hmm. these guys decked out in tactical gear. And we had a plot line that ultimately became where he finds uh, her at the other gun rally that where he sings the song. But this this one was kind of a different version of it. In an early version, we were toying with the idea that instead of um, becoming a right-wing journalist, she was going to go to college, and then he was going to have to go undercover at college and find her. And then eventually it, it would lead him to this uh, giant gun rally. And he was in a pretty thick disguise because we knew people would recognize him there. And we were just kind of out in the open and... Uh, and we're trying to stage this um, <laughs> this chase scene in the middle of it, but it's like a really tense environment. And a few days, so we, we get to Virginia, and we're like kind of just you know scouting, but scouting you can't look like a scout. There were there was already such a police presence, I would say probably more than there was in D.C. last week, of just because there were rumors that someone was going to do some some kind of shooting, some kind of horrible thing, and. Um, which also didn't make any sense at a gun rights rally because that's the last place you want to do a shooting because it hurts their cause. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. they, like, and so we were kind of like scoping the place out and casing it and, and figuring out what to do. And then I think two days before the FBI arrested like these six guys from a militia called the base who were, I think, legitimately planning on something there. And so, yeah, that was like the night before I was like, okay, so there are actual like, there were at least people planning to do something crazy here. Like, what if we die tomorrow? <laughs> like, I didn't think I have to. Like, we're going to, like... And this scene that never made it into the movie, that's just him in this very... Um, he's in a fat suit. He's in, like, a lot of prosthetics. He's in... He, he was trying to go undercover as what he thought a liberal was. So he's got this shirt on it where, like, I think the back said, like... Um, I think it had a picture of Trump in jail, and the in the front says "S the NRA," and he's going through this crowd, <laughs> and um, and he's just like, "Excuse me, excuse me, hell Hitler, hell Hitler," like trying to blend in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and so he's really doing that, and I'm like hovering next to him, and we're and we're following him with like, yeah, guys with little iPhones and little GoPros and things, and it was really. Uh, yeah, that was in terms of like nerve wracking to, um, it was, it would have been a shame to get, uh, someone hurt or killed for, uh, you know, a deleted scene <laughs> that no one will ever see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so no, that, that was would... like, that was really, uh, that was how we started, uh, 2020. Actually, it was the first thing we shot and, uh, and yeah, it didn't make it in. A lot of stuff didn't make it in. The, the, the one where I was physically most in danger was probably the Debbie Tom Ball, where they kind of, um, they got mad and, and came after me after that. And now that was in somewhere in Georgia? That was in a town called Macon, Georgia, in an historic house called the Hay House that, um, you know, we were shooting in, we were shooting this event, and, um, and yeah, again, the night is very long, and we shoot tons of stuff, and, you know, we've got our cameras, and, and, and shoot this thing, and it all kind of... And, and so I, I'm kind of in this mode um, where... I kind of directed in character, almost like um, undercover yeah. in a way. <laughs> how are you? How are you presenting yourself in all of these scenarios? Well, obviously, no one 
undercover, not in that anyone would recognize me, but it was determined that if I had, if I bleached my hair blonde, I might um, come off as more trustworthy to the types of people we would be filming with. Um, basically, that I would look uh, less Jewish. <laughs> and, and so... Which what was sounds, this focus grouped? <laughs> <laughs> just like instinct, and I will mm-hmm. say uh, it was it was right. It was I was pretty much even when things got really awkward and weird in these situations, I was always trusted. And I I don't know if it was the blonde hair that made me completely trustworthy, but so I was like blonde, which also I think actually like I didn't because I have dark eyebrows and I do. My features don't really match blonde hair. I don't know if that I, if it's that I looked less uh, Jewish or that I looked like a psychopath. <laughs> I think that I looked like slightly psychotic with these like wire rim glasses and bleach blonde hair and like this kind of blank expression, just like friendly. Just, okay, come this way. We're gonna shoot this. Okay, everybody. And so my name was Chris, and um, and Chris. I and the. <laughs> The debutante ball, I gave a little speech at the beginning, let them know what the cameras are going to be doing, and, you know, and just say, yeah, you're just going to be going about your your ball, and we're just going to be filming, you know, here, but, you know, don't worry about the cameras, don't look at them, you know. And then kind of throughout the night, we introduced this idea of this father and daughter, and, you know, they were announced, and they got to take part in it, and then it was all, you know, we knew it was all building towards this dance um, that... Mm-hmm. Sasha and Maria had been rehearsing for weeks, so we had this amazing choreographer come in and figure out, um, you know, this whole dance. And uh, and so we knew, all knew, you know, that was what it was going towards. And we also knew, like, you know, a lot of these shoots is kind of getting out, um, getting everyone out of there safely. And we didn't think this was, like, a, a super high-risk one. Um, but so I'm kind of, I give a little speech at the beginning. I'm kind of, okay, guys, you guys come in this room. We're going to do this. Let's see, you're going to... You know, we'll film you chatting now, that kind of stuff. And really not, trying not to get in the way, but just trying to make sure that people can get the shots. But I'm not really orchestrating. But at the very end, I knew we wanted them to watch this dance. And so they were all in this room. I said, okay, now we're actually going to, you know, have a father-daughter dance uh, for our foreign guests. And then I disappeared into a little cubby and just watched it. (laughs) Crossed my fingers and hold my breath knowing what's going to happen. All the cameras are in place and they're ready and getting reactions, and we see what happens. And so they do this dance that's in the movie, and, you know, it's uncomfortable, and people start leaving, and and it kind of, a few people started getting angry, and and then, you know, the first thing we get, Sasha and Maria out of there, they're on a the car, they're gone. We're getting all of our footage out, we're getting the cameras out, and everyone in the crew is able to kind of just, just get out of there. You know, there's no anger on them really because they're just like hired to do this and they don't understand what's going on there's a lot of confusion and i think around like coat check people start putting it together wait this was this was some kind of a setup this is some you know something uh not something off about this this was this this now feels in hindsight like this was planned to for us to watch this dance um Mm -hmm. and and i leave um and everyone's going out and i have a car in the back parking lot and um and i say to someone else i was just like I, I just pop my head right in the back door and just make sure everyone's out safely but it was feeling kind of ugly and um and i hear upstairs i hear a bunch of guys um running down the stairs and i hear one of them yell where the f is chris <laughs> <laughs> and, but it really 
did not register. Like I like my first thought was, oh man, whoever Chris is is in trouble. And then yeah. my second thought was, oh wait, I'm I'm Chris. <laughs> and, and I, I, I booked it. I got out of there. And then I just gunned it out the driveway, and there was a car coming. There was a one-lane driveway. The car, there was a car coming right towards me. I said, "If this is, um, if this is one of those guys, I'm done. I can't leave." And uh, and luckily, it was one of our PAs coming to get more people out. So I, and then we just, you know, we disappear into the night. But um, the, the camera guy who was still upstairs uh, said there were eight guys running towards me, ripping off uh, their jackets to beat me up. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, so that was, like, that was the diciest of, of those. And then C-Pack was pretty nerve-wracking, too. But, yeah, I mean, that was, you know, was, like, every day was kind of um, some variation on, on that, on just escaping. <laughs> that is just, that. yeah, that must just be, that would be the kind of thing that if I did that, I would be still would be like exhausted from it and would be like, I think I'm going to just be tired for the rest of my life after <laughs> that. I think that would, that would exhaust me on a, on like a, on like an existential level. It is like, yeah, I'm sure whatever I do next is it, it, there's no way it can't just feel um, much easier than it would have having been like every day. Was like, and also, yeah, most days, like in the middle of the day, everything was going wrong, and by, by the end of the day, something crazy and amazing would happen, and, and that was kind of like the trajectory of every day. So, yeah, no, it was exhausting um, for sure. But 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 something like that, a night like that, it is the closest thing I can think of to being able to like legally experience what it's like to rob a bank or something where you haven't mm-hmm. actually done anything illegal, um, but there's this crazy rush of escaping. Uh, physical danger and, and often police. <laughs> yeah. My God. And that was, and you just had so much to put together and so much to, to pull a movie out of so many different adventures and, and explorations and all of that. It's the, I mean, the final movie is so funny and I mean, oh, it's, every, everybody loves it. And, um, so what is, what, 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 like, I know things are, it's a weird time right now for everybody in entertainment and everybody in everything. It's a weird time for everybody. Every human, it's weird. If you're, it is weird. If you're human, yeah. it's weird. Um, so what, what are you thinking now? I, yeah, it feels like a, uh, yeah, it is a weird time, but it also feels like kind of a transitional time or a time of opportunity. It feels like once we're once we're kind of out of this moment, uh, we'll be in this very kind of new moment. I don't know. It feels like there'll be a lot of good things coming up. I'm hopeful right now. I, I think they're very crazy night right now, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I think it's a good opportunity. Also, like I'm at, personally, I'm at this point where I feel like I need to really kind of uh, kind of market myself uh, as as like a, like some kind of, that's why I was actually going to ask your help. Like just, I feel like I need a persona as like a director to like, for people to kind of rally behind. I don't know what it, or like an affectation. Like, am I like the guy who wears bow ties or something? Like, I think I need to be like, sure. like I have just like a vibe that they want to like make a, you know, a Funko pop of me or, or, or <laughs> oh, something like th- that. So, oh, so what you're saying is, you need to figure something out that like reads from like 
20 feet away, you walk in the room and it just, it just people know that's you and you're easily identifiable. Yeah, just like maybe it's like two bow ties or so. It's just like something where people are like that guy, but people, but they love it, but they roll their eyes at it. Like if mm-hmm. I'm like, like, should I like start picking fights with, uh, people on Twitter or just, well, um, that's always a great way to go. I just think that that just is, that's just a solid way for people to, to like you, uh, no matter how you slice it, if you're just ready to just mix it up with everyone on Twitter, I think that should, that'll do you a lot of favors. Should I and, be like a Ricky Gervais kind of guy? What if, well, let's think this through. Like Barry Sonnenfeld wears that cowboy hat. Right. But so that's kind of off the table. Sure. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I think I would look silly in a cowboy hat. What it, well, he does also. He does not, it's not exactly like he's pulling it off. <laughs> he, he looks insane <laughs> in it. But maybe you need like a, what about like a Lincoln hat? Yeah, that could work. Um, that could be something. I was because I was thinking something with a brim. I'm sure he wears it because as a director, you're standing in the sun a lot. You don't want to have to find shade. You want to be able to move around. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be something like I'm the guy. I'm like always spraying sunblock in my face. Maybe you always have sunblock on, and you're always yeah. You're always just like you have this low. Like you're always like oiled. Maybe that. Like you're always like lotioned up on the set and you're like, maybe what if you did, what if you combined like a track track suit and a Lincoln hat? Like with a stripe up the track suit that continues on the hat and goes around. (laughs) Yeah. And maybe the Lincoln hat every day on set, you like write a new, like motivational slogan on it or some, some kind of like joke. The oh, way I was thinking you write, you write it and you fold it, you put it in the hat, and at a certain time, they like ring a bell. The crew has to come mm-hmm. around, and I take the hat off and I read, I read like the today's you know quip or whatever. Yeah, or maybe even have it like set up with a little mechanical hand pops out of the top holding the paper at a point. For me, I think it would be a good if each of those of every day it was just me saying something uh, complaining about cancel culture and how that's ruining everything. I think if you really lean into big themes, like if you just like uh, talk about cancel culture, like I'm, maybe, like, should, yeah, I could be like, guess I can't say anything these days. Like if that's my, could I have a, do directors have like catchphrases like that? Well, what if your thing is that you come kind of like piggy? What if you have like a hot sauce? What if you're like a hot sauce guy okay. and you're worried about getting canceled for talking about your hot sauce? Like, oh, that's oh, I, I put this hot sauce on everything. I'm telling you, I put this hot sauce on my cereal. But I guess I oh, got to yeah. keep that to myself, huh? I guess I talk about this hot sauce too much. That's good. You can also keep that in the hat and have like a pump on the side. A hot sauce. If the, hot what sauce if the hat, hat is like? What if there's like a little kind of like di- divider in it, and the top part is hot sauce? Okay. Like, yeah. Like like, and you can kind of like 
pump some out for people. Like you'd siphon it out like you like you siphon gas from a car with a tube. Yeah, I think that works. I think that's good because that would, yeah, that would. What is that? Does anyone, is anyone allowed to come ask me for some? Or is that how, like, is that how you get Oh, yeah. No, me? you. Or you, is it like Johnny Carson calling you over to the couch? Maybe that's it. Maybe there's got to be some prestige attached to it. Like, like you've been chosen and every day you'll choose, um, one person to just like, and you just like, Hey kid, like you find just like somebody, like some, some kid like running like an, like a, uh, a PA or whatever. And you're just like, Hey, what's your name, kid? Like, yeah, you want some hot sauce? And everybody's like, Oh, he has the PA for hot to help him have some hot. He's like the PA have some hot sauce. And then the next day you pick the star of the movie to have that. So it's just like everybody, you could be. Top of the top of the call sheet, or l- low person on the totem pole could all get the hot sauce. Yeah, I think it's good. I think should I? Is there some kind of Tom Cruise esque rant that I could do that could get leaked that would make me like people be like, I know, I think he's right. I want, I like that guy. I think he's saying some smart things. Like, the, like we're all pretty mm-hmm. sure that Tom Cruise leaked that himself, right? Um, it wouldn't surprise me. And I also, I'm going to say this, and this may not be doing myself any favors with this. I'm pro Tom Cruise screaming at the crew. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be more into it. Couldn't be more into Christian Bale yelling at that DP for, he he's trying to pretend he's like a Martian or something. And then the DP walks in the <laughs> shot mid performance it's like there's 300 people on the set. Only one of us is pretending he's a Martian. Like, can you can you not humiliate me any further? And walk, and it's like it's oh he yelled at the DP. Everybody's like oh he yelled at this like he like he like you think he yelled at somebody making two to two hundred dollars a week on the thing. It's like this DP's as rich as they get. <laughs> DP's making a mountain of money. They show up last to the thing. Like DPs negotiate that thing. They don't want to be there five minutes more than they have to. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm out. Thanks. <laughs> and you I'll also he was say to this. Go home early? Is that why he was adjusting the light during a take? Is I he think, trying to get out of there? Yeah, I think he wanted to get out of there. I, I'll also say this. There's a thing that happens on sets where they everybody on like a friday uh, will throw in uh like they'll do like a little drawing on a on a on a friday and everybody puts a dollar or whatever into the pot and you write your name on it and then they draw at the end and whoever wins that gets the gets the money oh yeah yeah and i would always throw in every week i've ever been on a set i've always thrown money into the thing sure and then like one week i won and then I was like, yeah, I'm not taking the money. Like, it's a thing where, like, the writers aren't supposed to take the money. Yeah. Like, no, oh, that's considered like a, bad yeah, form. So I was like, I was, one, yeah. so I was like, I won, but you know what? Keep it going. Double the pot next week. Oh, How many people yeah. you think said anything to me after that on that crew? The, I mean, get zero? It was zero. They're rad bums. 
<laughs> yeah, bums. I just I just gave up two hundred dollars. So the pot's at four hundred next week. Not ah, oh, that was cool. Thanks, man. Nope. What they just like shrugged and walked away. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they probably think you 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 multimillionaire lives. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah. Well, they can they can they they're help they're welcome to help me balance my checkbook. They could see how much of a multimillionaire I am. <laughs> they're welcome to come by any time. Um. So yeah, so you I think like they if you want like a Funko Pop thing, I could picture like a little Lincoln hat, hot sauce. Figure it would make a good Funko Pop. Yeah, I like it. All right, <laughs> yeah. we can make it happen. No. <laughs> well, there is a there, and these Funko Pops. The one thing I will say, they're very particular about about the ones they make. Uh, so you better be prepared to not not take it personally. They've only made ninety thousand different Funko Pops. <laughs> Do you wait? Do you have one? Is there one of you? There is not a Funko Pop of me, but um, sometimes I go and I see these Funko Pops in a store, and it's like, oh wow, it's the it's the Night at the Roxbury guys uh, <laughs> as Funko Pops, and it's just like, are we really? Do we hate the environment this much to where we're willing to just have plastic? <laughs> be used for that to make like the, those are they like at a certain point do they just melt them down and make a different one like get the ones that don't sell i think i mean they have to that has to be the model of the funko pops they're all the same more or less and they just paint them differently right they don't expire but what like what percentage of like landfill space in america do you think is taken up by discarded funko pops Oh my God! Uh, Ten years from now, just imagine a hundred years from now, when they're figuring like out what the beginning about, of the twenty-first century was. Most of the ocean is Funko yeah. Pop. That is the yeah. That's the one thing that Steven Spielberg should go back to for AI and add in some <laughs> Funko Pops at the bottom of that ocean <laughs> next to that robot, <laughs> yeah. and they would be. They would be Funko Pops of his movies. It would be <laughs> floating down in that water. You'd see, oh, it's it's a Funko Pop of of Tom Hanks from Catch Me If You Can. <laughs> oh, it's that would be oh, yeah worth worth going back into AI. Yeah, he should he should uh, do a special edition of AI. Add in some add in some Funko Pops polluting the bottom of the ocean. Unless that kid was a Funko Pop. Oh, maybe. Yeah, just like a very advanced one. Yeah, yeah a sentient Funko Pop. <laughs> now, you and I have, uh, we've talked about different projects over the years, right? We've, we've talked about things and. Yes. We had yeah, one that yeah. never got off the runway. That is one that I'm hoping now post, uh, Borat, I could get, maybe get going. Um, which was basically, it was an idea that you and me and Andrew Weinberg from Eagleheart, uh, had and talked about for a while. That was basically, you know, um, when you're in like a gas station, there's like that, um, that painting of like all the mob guys together, like Scarface and the Goodfellas and the Godfather and the Sopranos. 
You know that mm-hmm. that. Oh yeah, whole, yeah, yeah. So it would be like that the movie where it would be like every mob guy uh, who's ever lived, who's ever been in a movie. Teaming up using, I guess, like deep fake uh, technology for you know the ones who were dead, mm-hmm. um, and it would be called the Big Whack. And actually, we came up with it a few years ago, and the idea was to do like a Kickstarter to raise like two hundred million dollars because the movie would almost certainly make like a billion. Dollars. Oh, this, I, and I'll say this: we laughed a lot about this idea. And had a great time, but I think the reason we were laughing about it and having a great time was because we knew this was not a joke for the sake of a joke, but a viable idea that was potentially would be the biggest thing that could happen. I think it's like in hindsight, I do think, uh, yeah, it seemed crazy, but also it seems like probably the future of movies is <laughs> just seeing, just combining brands. And there is something uh, very exciting about taking stuff that's like not garbage, uh, like Goodfellas and The Godfather, and turning it into garbage. Yes, taking these taking revered, actual good films, yeah, like like <laughs> and, well-maintained and artistic franchises that happen to be popular and just kind of like yeah just kind of um exploiting them as ip and destroying like and to, to the point that um goodfellas would just be like considered a prequel to the big whack yes and the so basically the gist of what the big whack was would be what I think it was, well, back then it was, this even seems quaint now, it was a couple of years ago, it um, it was that ISIS had bombed uh, Bada Bing, right? Yes. I think it was, there was an attack on the Bada Bing, which was a strip club in the Sopranos in New Jersey, and the threat was, the threat was, was huge to, was, to, yeah. to the Sopranos guys. And so then there was just like a lot of um, making offers that people couldn't refuse. And then, yeah, they had they made like an Avengers basically of just every mob guy. And I think Walter yes. White was in there too. I think just as like kind of a throwing like a little bit something extra, like a wild card, where it would be like, yeah, <clears throat> yeah it was basically the Bada Bing gets blown up in a terrorist attack. So then. The, the, the Tony Soprano and his crew start reaching out to the other mob bosses to team up. Yeah. To help fight this threat. So it would be the kind of thing where he's like, we got to go to talk to, uh, Don Corleone. And then there's like a sit down. It would be like the greatest scene in movie history. Yeah, where like you a watched, huge, huge uh, room. Can you imagine you watch a scene in a movie at a table? One side is Don Corleone and standing on either side of him is Michael and Sonny. And then, and they're just all back to life, by the way. Also, Sonny dies. (laughs) Sonny's fine in this now. And he's sitting across from Tony Soprano and Big Pussy and Paulie Walnuts and Christopher. Who would not watch? 
<laughs> I feel like it's an actual great idea. Yeah. Oh, I think I if this was a movie, I would I couldn't wait to see this. Like imagine that trailer when it reveals So you every, win? Yeah. <laughs> and then Don Corleone, I'm in. Like and then like we're gonna need some help from Miami. And then suddenly yeah. it's like Say hello to my wolf. <laughs> like, and then we got to get Scarface. And then Scarface is in it, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Be like, be call, the, the, call the Irishman. The greatest thing. It would be the greatest movie ever. And then, yeah, and then they're just like, we got some guys in Brooklyn we should talk to. And then they then they go knock on a door, and then it's Robert De Niro as Jimmy from Goodfellas. Yep. Leota. And then Ray Leota is back. Oh my god. Like I'm getting giddy thinking about this as a movie. That's the thing is like it seems like at first like a just a, a bad idea or a joke. And then you imagine mm-hmm. what that movie would actually be, and I guarantee you there's no one in America who wouldn't uh eventually see that movie. Who wouldn't yes. If if this movie was made the big whack all the mob figures team up to fight terrorism, and then it could it could bring the country together. Actually, it kind of could bring the country together if somebody was just like if like Christopher says to Tony, he's like, "Hey T, you know, there's a guy out in New Mexico who's kind of got something going. We should probably bring him into it." And then suddenly it's like. Then it's like, I'm the one who knocks. So you knock, huh? You think you're a tough guy. You knock, right? Yeah, knock, knock. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, oh, knock, knock. And he's like, you think you're a tough guy? You're damn right I'm a tough guy. (laughs) And then he wheels that car up and the machine gun pops out of the back of the car. Oh, my God. You think I... let me see how tough you are. And then the, then he's like, uh, then he tells, uh, what's his face to go get the car. What was his name again? His, his little pal. Um, uh, Jesse Pinkman. Or no, no, uh, Aaron, no. uh, Paul. Oh. But another, yeah, yeah. Wait, Jesse, but yeah, he goes to Jesse. I was thinking of, uh, what, I was thinking of Jesse Plemons is the guy. Oh, he's well, there a, too. That's weird casting too, where his name was Jesse Plemons and it's Jesse Pink. Look. It's the most exciting scene. Jesse Pinkman pulls the car around. I, you want to see tough bitch? And then suddenly the trunk flies open. And then you picture Silvio just go like, that's pretty good. <laughs> hey, T, that was pretty tough. I think this can also save movie theaters. I think if it was like only in theaters, this if would be the movie that yes. brought people back. If it was the like kind of thing where favorite. it's like, this will literally, they were not going to pull a tenant here. You're going to take your, you, you, this is going to be in theaters only. And it's just like, you buy a ticket now until the day you can get in the theater. You better buy your ticket now. Cause we're like, there would be yeah. people, cause then you'd also have that interest that people like we'd be holding their money for eight months. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You'd make, you'd make your money back just on interest of pre-sale. Just, yeah. Just on interest. Cause people are just like, I got a ticket 
for the 4.30 show on the first Friday that movies are back. <laughs> and we hold their money for eight months, just accruing interest. I'm telling you, the big whack. If there's any studio heads listening to this show right now, we figured did, maybe. Yeah. And look, I'm seeing somebody uh, tweeting here. They want to know. Uh, yeah, what are they saying? Think you work in a little mob control of a puppet theater and get a uh, old Wally Wacky Man in there. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> you don't think there could be a scene when he's like, "There's a guy I want to talk to." There's a guy in New York I want to talk to. Hey, I don't know. It's kind hey, of a Tony. it's kind of a niche reference. I don't know. I think uh, <laughs> I think that might be confusing. Hey, Tony, <laughs> Tony, I hate terrorists too. Yeah, you know what? Why not throw him in there, right? No, it's good. That's gonna it's gonna be huge for him. Yeah, throw him in there. But if people I think don't like it, they'll still be happy with with the rest of the stuff. The idea you picture the idea, like, what if what if Wally Wacky Man is in the? Because somebody just put a picture of the uh, the scene of De Niro kicking <laughs> kicking. Uh, <laughs> Kicking Frank Vincent from, uh, and some of these guys would have to play multiple parts, by the way. Yeah, Frank Vincent would be, uh, would be a number of parts. Yeah, and then, Frank uh, Vincent. Yeah, Pacino would obviously be, uh, a bunch, a bunch of characters, like different be, ages. Yeah, he'd be Michael and Donnie Brasco and Scarface. Right. What, if, what do we do about the whole, uh, Johnny Depp issue? I guess he's, he's the, the cop, right? So you didn't want him. He had no cop in this thing. Yeah, no. You wouldn't need to deal with the, the whole Johnny Depp of it all. But you just picture suddenly, like, like Wally Wacky Man shows up and then <laughs> opens his mouth and then there's, like, a pistol in it. Oh, that's good. Right? <laughs> that's really good, yeah. Yeah. Like, tell me if you felt this. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> that's really good that's really good so Wally is is he a, is there someone puppeteering him is, is Z-Man in this or is, is Wally like a sentient just a character in this We're, we'll shoot it to where you know those weird scenes and these Muppet fans I tell you one's weirder than the next where they ups, they accept those weird full body shots of Kermit that look like the strangest thing you ever saw in your life like trotting yeah. around and you see his like spindly legs moving so weird when you see when it cuts to the shots because you're just thinking uh about how different it is than than the rest of it yeah yeah so we're gonna we'll probably uh get z-man uh in a in a green uh unitard and kind of just just comp him out legs well that would be if he if wally uh, first the idea of like a full body wally wackerman it's very chilling, but then add to that that he opens his mouth and there's a gun there that you're not even implying he's a you know he's got someone puppeteering him is really disturbing. Maybe it's like a like a Tony Soprano dream or something. I don't wanna... Oh, I gotta watch. I can't eat before I can't eat gabagool before bed. Like, it's like a weird, it's a weird fantasy sequence in the big whack has Wally Wacky. Well, he's got whack in the name. Of course he has to be in this thing. Right. He whacks men. So your name's Wacky, so Wally Wacky Man, huh? What do they call you that? 
You want to find out? Because <laughs> I'll whack you, man. And so, what if we yeah. just put Z-Man in a full Wally Wacky Man costume for certain shots? <laughs> like, like I feel like that's a Muppet thing, too, or... Like, you see them from afar, and suddenly they're much bigger and shaped differently. <laughs> well, we might as well go all the way with it, then, and just embrace the weirdness of that. Yeah. Because then maybe we, just have, maybe we have just, like, a full-on five-minute fight scene with Wally Wacky Man fighting, <laughs> like, like an actual fist fight. <laughs> <laughs> Because at one point maybe the families all break up and then they all they all have a big fight like in a uh, civil war like in a like a Avengers thing they all so turn that, on each other so you get to see what it's like when they all fight then they pull together for the big for the big thing for the big show off showdown. So I think the question is, do we think we could like work something out where? David Chase would not have to approve uh, how we use his characters or ever see the script, really. Yeah, we have to just do some some end run around him somehow to get him to be like where the end result would be David Chase screaming at his agent and manager and <laughs> and lawyer, being like, "How did this happen?" Yeah. Well, I'll use how? my um. I'll use my trickster skills that I picked up on Borat, and we will uh, trick him into signing a release. <laughs> maybe we look. Maybe we throw Borat in this thing. Anyway, I think he's retired him now for good. But yeah, why not? We just we figure out a way that it's legal. We do it. Yeah, and have him be just can like. I, can I, Tom? Can I talk about uh, the guy that you got for me as a gift? <laughs> oh yeah, of course. No, that please. I would be because so, speaking of Borat. Uh-huh. Um, so Tom, yes. yeah, so Tom, you you worked. Uh, you came and helped on the movie uh, a few days and some of the writing uh, stuff. Uh, you were out here and um, and you uh, came came into the room and, and pitched on some stuff and, and joked around with us. And then and so you knew I was one of the few people you had signed an NDA and knew I was working on this. And so I, because this was like the biggest secret ever to to carry, and it was so exciting to know that this thing was going on, and then people are have no idea that this is happening in the world at this moment was thrilling. Yeah, it's I know. I was like, luckily you had worked on it for a few days. I was able to talk to you about it, and um, because I couldn't really talk to most of my friends about it, and so you were doing uh, for you know the year and a half. And then in the middle of it all, um, I, it was my birthday, and you and a few um, friends showed up in a, you know, it was still pandemic times, but showed up on my, it wasn't as bad as it is now in L.A., but, and, and, and um, my wife, I was like on some meeting. My uh, wife? Zoom. Is it my wife? My wife, my wife. <laughs> I was on some Zoom in my bedroom, and my wife Becky came and said, hey, there's, uh, you just come out front, and I, you know, it was my birthday, I figured. It was something, but so it was you and a few friends uh, had done a very lovely, uh, gotten me some cake and some stuff in the front yard, and um, it was very moving and really sweet. And then um, I see from <laughs> walking down the block a man kind of like waddling cartoony style in like a gray suit holding a megaphone 
which is yeah. um, <laughs> not a Borat uh, <laughs> No, No, um, he's, not, he's not known for his megaphone. <laughs> and, and what did he... And so he... And he starts yelling in the megaphone on my, like, quiet little block in L.A. Mm-hmm. What was he saying? Like, I am Borat. I am from Pakistan. Like, he was not young. saying the place yeah. right. And he, he got every yeah. part of it wrong. <laughs> and he got every, I think he probably said Borat wrong. He was like, <laughs> so you had hired a Borat impersonator to come uh, and do his thing uh, for my birthday. And I, of course, like, because I'm living in this insane level of secrecy, I like mm-hmm. flipped out just the idea that <laughs> someone would take a picture and it would end up on social media with me, with this guy. And I would like, and so I like freak out and I go up to him like, oh, he's just a, he's a quiet, quiet, please, 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 please. And he's like, yeah. caught off guard. I was like, you have to stop right now. I could lose my job over this. <laughs> Which yeah, so, like, maybe not one of my greatest uh, decision-making <laughs> moments in my life. But like, must, he was yeah. there for two and a half minutes before I had to go up to him and say, um, before I had to go up to him and just say like, Hey, I, uh, uh, it's okay. You're, we're, we're done. We're done. And he's like, what? What? It was like, the, so you got me for like was, a half. Like, you're like, take a hike, buddy. Get out of here. I was just like, no, we're good. We're good. Thanks. Thanks very much. And he was like, oh, oh, oh okay. Okay. And yeah, that was just, uh, that was, was probably great. the greatest, the greatest per, per minute payday in all of history <laughs> was, this guy rolled up as Borat did did two minutes tops as Borat, and then was told, "All right, you can go now." But not only that, like he even at, like as an impersonator, probably used to like people smiling, humor, you know, yeah. humoring him, being like, "Oh, it's cute. Oh, thanks." Mm-hmm. I think the last thing he was expecting was someone being like. I could lose my job if anyone sees you. I'm gonna ask you have to get out of here right now. You yeah. have to stop. Yeah. You have to get out of here. Well, uh, <laughs> on second thought, I probably should have told him to leave the no. uh, megaphone at home. It was such a nice. It was a great birthday gift. I was, I was oh, so well. That I freaked out so much. I was. It was really like. Yeah, we. I mean, we did manage to keep the secret until just before it came out, but it was the crazy level of tension of not being able to tell my family, you know, what I was doing and that kind of thing. But uh, no, that was a great, uh, a great gift. And yeah, yeah. And so, look, that was you. You pulled off something that is in all of comedy one of the most uh, the the. The, I cannot think of anything where the bar of difficulty, the, 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 where the level of difficulty is higher than making a second Borat movie amazing, but you did it. And obviously Sasha Baron Cohen is a genius and is who he is, but there is literally no way on earth this movie would have been what it is if you were not the one directing it. And it is just a testament to how talented you are. And I was um, so never so happy as to see how great this movie came out. And um, it is just, it is it, you, you, you did it. And it's so impressive. Oh, uh, thanks. Um, 
I am well, always in awe of your talent. I will thank you. You're the best. I leaned on you a lot calling you from weird cities and uh, being like, yeah, I think I'm going to die tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, there, would, <clears throat> there would be a few conversations over the last year or so where you'd just be like, you'd be just like, we drove all the way to a thing and then, and then a guy just said, oh, you're Borat. And then our day was shot. And then there'd be other days where you'd be like, you will not believe the crazy day we had. And it was just such an exciting thing. You, but you, you rode the ride the whole time and you, you pulled off something that the movie will be great forever. So, you know, congratulations on that. You did. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, hopefully now it's just kind of a snapshot of uh, this crazy moment and we'll be able to look Mm -hmm. at it as uh you know, just a look at the past pretty soon. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, luckily, uh, Trump lost. So I think it would be a pretty big bummer right now <laughs> if he didn't. I think that no one would ever want to watch it again. If we yeah. There again oh, it, would, like it would be the movie that no one ever watched again because it just <laughs> yeah, stood was, as yeah. a reminder of, of when the world ended. I mean, look, we're still figuring out if the world's going to end, actually. We're yeah, we're but, still in it, but, but, uh, we have a, yeah, yeah. We have a shot. At least, at least we have a shot at figuring it out. If this was, if we were like, oh, yeah, well, here we go, another four years, it would have, it would be pretty, uh, pretty grim. Yeah. I, I, as bad as things are right now, I think that would be much, much worse. Oh, my God. Look, and now, when you're on the set a year from now, when you're sitting in that chair directing the big whack, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Getting, uh, uh, I'm trying to get, t- telling, uh, uh, what's his face, Big Pussy. Yeah. <laughs> what, yeah like against the green screen. Really get, yeah. <laughs> Everyone else will be deep fakes and CGI. But I think we'll get him. I think he'll do it. We'll get him and we'll get Paulie Walnuts. I think, I think there's a way to budget them out to just hire him one cameo at a time. Just. Oh yeah. Send, that's true. Just send through. It's like, hey, uh, <laughs> send a big pussy. Hey, here's a cameo request. Just read these six lines. We were at one point talking about tricking him into doing it. <laughs> or, no, I mean, he would definitely do it. And I think, like, Pacino and De Niro would almost certainly, De Niro would definitely do it for a number. Like, that's yes. a no-brainer. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then when you say, oh, De Niro's doing it, you, then you probably get Pacino to do it. And, uh, that's really how it all, you know, if you had those guys alive. But then, yeah, the other guys, uh, some of those other guys, um, you know, before you finish asking the question, they'd be, they'd be there. They'd be next to you. So I say, if you're, if you are listening to this and you want to see the big whack, tweet about it. Tell people. Tweet about that- it. Yeah. Call any studio heads, you know, talk about yeah. it. <laughs> Just get the word out that we are ready. If we can get. What do you think we need? Eighty million dollars to get it rolling? Yeah, that's it. I mean, it, yeah, it's. I think you need the rights to the Sopranos legally mm-hmm. squared away, and I think that would be a hard one because he's probably protective of that. Especially because I want to do. We had to do the scene where Tony explains what happens after the cut to black. So, like, yeah. that's got to be part of it, right? We got to find. Like, everyone wants to know that has to be part of the promise of, of seeing this movie that he just tells you what happened. Yeah, they'll be in the back room at the at the, at the Satrials, and then Paulie Wallace will go, "Hey T, whatever happened to you that one day you went to Holston's to get ice cream?" 
with your family. It's like, funny story. Well, that's something like this. And then, then we just and picked it up with the families at the table. You know what that is? That is Vince Gilligan's Sopranos. <laughs> that would be Vince Gilligan's Sopranos. Yes, exactly. Just like everything. No mystery. It's <laughs> just like, like, no, that's what happened. <laughs> Do you remember? Tell me what you want. Whatever you guys want, I'm going to give you all of it. The Breaking Bad finale where people are like, oh, actually, I think maybe he died halfway through when he's trying to get into the car. He dies in the car because everything after a certain point is just pure Walter White wish fulfillment. No, no, that's not what happened. No, he's not dead. Wrong. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing nothing like a creator uh, correcting the audience's enthusiasm. <laughs> or just like no, trying no. to figure something out. Nope, wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that at all? Oh well, yeah, so Jason Walliner, I love you. Um, Thank you so much. Love you. Thanks so much for having me. It's, uh, of it's course. an honor to be on. Of well, um, you're sweet. I will. I will talk to you tomorrow. All right. Have a okay. good night. You too. All, all right. Good. Bye. Bye. Jason Walliner, Borat too. That's a, that's a big one. Pat, sir, how'd you like that? Loved it. Jason, studio. I'm ready for the big whack. You ready for the big whack? You think Wally Wacky Man being in it is a mistake? And and um, and for people who don't know, Wally Wacky Man is Jason's brother. Well, not Wally Wacky Man, Z-Man, the operator of Wally Wacky Man, <clears throat> is his brother. And now, you think that would be a mistake? Well, I, I think he's earned it. Yeah, I think um, if you're keeping it to just, even just that felt line, and then it's just like a short cameo, like you you have everybody in the palm of your hands right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think Wally Wacky Man... Then do you think a dream sequence is the way to go with that? Or do you think he should actually be in it? I think it should be left up to, inter- you know, interpretation. Sure. Well, maybe that'd be like a nod to David Chase stuff where it just seems like you're not sure what that was. You got to go talk about it afterwards. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah, we got any calls? Got some calls. Let's go um, going to line three. And people on Twitter are doing an amazing job with these, uh, with these, uh, suggestions for, for weed names. Besho, hi. 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 To whom am I speaking? This is Amanda. I'm in Portland now. I'm from New Jersey originally. Amanda, where in New Jersey were you from? Uh, I'm actually in between like, Seven or eight different um, cities, but Trenton. Trenton makes the world takes. Yeah. Um, my, first, my first one is lipstick pony trick. Wait, say that again? Lipstick pony trick. Lipstick. Pony tricks. Pony tricks. Yeah. Okay. Last summer, one night, some teens broke into a petting zoo in Bergen County. They destroyed property, rode donkeys, and put lipstick on at least one pony. Filming okay. All the social media. I, 
Okay, so that's that's one truly for the people in the state to uh that would resonate for the the hometown residents. Yeah. Lipstick ponytail. I, I like it. I have a few more. Uh Kate May I get stoned. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Girl Scout Snooky, if it hasn't been said. Girl Scout Snooky is great. So that'd be like an edible yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it's um, like a Jersey-based just, Girl Scout cookie that has weed in it. In tribute to the great Einstein from Princeton area, um, E equals MC stoned. Well, that is amazing. E equals MC stoned. E, e, what if it's, what if it's E equals I am stoned? Yeah, there could be various streams of that. Um, how about mm, not exactly, stoned? not exactly going along with it, huh? You don't like getting punched up. Fair enough. Please give me a break. It's my first time calling. That's okay. I'm giving you a break. You're 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 doing amazing. Thank you. Uh, for Yuli's gold. <laughs> Yuli, wait, is that from? Did that happen in New Jersey? That movie. Is it a movie? Yuli's Gold? I just, I just meant Fool's Gold is an expression, so I thought mm-hmm. for Yuli's Gold. Well, Yuli's Gold, there was a movie, a Peter Fonda uh-huh. movie called Yuli's Gold, where he he did, he was like a beekeeper. Very exciting movie. Okay. It's one of those movies that when people are like, I know people are like, oh, movies are so loud and so, they're just video games now. It's just like, yeah, maybe a, Yuli's gold ain't the answer to that either. So, yeah. um, well, these are great. And then Maui, 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 Wowie, I think was said on Twitter, but just in case, I'll throw that out there. Sure, like Mawa. Mawa, Wowie? Yeah, Mawa, Wow, yeah. Mawa, Wow, Wow. <laughs> yeah, I thought about Wawa too, but, um, well, that'd be good because they could sell that at Wawa. Mawa Wawa would be that if it's yeah. legal and it's sold at Wawa's, that'd be their brand of of uh, over the counter weed. Where it's just like you get it at a Wawa, Mawa Wawa. Yeah, a lot of potential cross promotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Trenton bakes the world wakes. Oh my God, that is that's amazing. Trenton bakes the world wakes. I love it. These are great. Thank you. All right. Thanks so much. You have a great night. Thank you. Our friend BB in Las Vegas said joint pleasant. That is perfect. Oh, that's great. Right? Joint pleasant. It's brilliant. Wish I thought of that one. Lodi so high. Man, there's so many good ones here. Atlantic City Pineapple Expressway. Oh, man. I I, I had Pineapple Turnpike, but that's better. Yeah. The Chess Smoke with Bong Sharpling. <laughs> Not sure I feel about that one. Bong Sharpling. <laughs> I think that's Bong. it by itself. Bong Sharpling. Okay. I'll take it. 
Bong Sharpling. <laughs> so when there's like a weed strain in New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. John Wicky Icky from Perry Shell again, because remember this. John Wick takes place in New Jersey a good amount of it. He's from New Jersey. To me, it's one of those another amazing characters where, well, first of all, John Wick could be in the big whack. So uh, you you think you could help us? Yeah, I'm thinking I can help. <laughs> oh, my. oh my god! Um, wacky Tawako. Um, it's Wally Wacky Man. I'm looking at this picture. These people are putting pictures of Wally Wacky Man up. I'm worried about Wally Wacky Man's health. He's got this one vein popping out of the middle of his, right between his eyes. He's got to get that checked out. Worried about Wally Wacky Man's well-being. Uh, let me read some other ones from, from Twitter that we have here for the, the weed strains. Perry Shall is on fire with this. Piscata way out. Amazing. Liddy Gardens. Francis Albert Sativa. That's Pussy Cow coming up with that one, or just Frank Sativa. Pork pre roll, another great one from Pussy Cow. Hydro Moments. Pat. Yeah. I had, right? um, I had the Crimson Kush, but I think uh I think Hydro is better. They say it's a Misfits reference. These hydro moments. Give me a moment. You know what a great dispensary name would be? What's that? Where Eagles Toke. Where Eagles Toke. Oh, my God. Pat, I want you to, no no joke, Pat. Mm -hmm. Start looking at this, uh, see what the deal with these dispensaries are. We could open, (laughs) we could have a thing called the the. The best smoke with bong sharpling. Dan McNamara said, uh, what about bada bong? Bada bong. Oh, oh yeah. The best smoke with bong sharpling, though. I think that's the way we go. Can that right? also be a uh, a podcast on the uh, Tombat Zone? That's right. We got to get our weed show on that because, yeah. uh, you know, um, <laughs> Because our friend, like, there's different weed podcasts. Our friend Damien from Effed Up has one. And this, this guy, this guy makes a, uh, they, they just, they open up a vault full of weed for him with every episode. He's, this guy's rolling in it. It's rolling in the, in the, in the cash and that old, old, uh, the cash and the cush. <laughs> Um, blue jorts is sold only at secret stash. Kevin Smith. I like that though. Dog bed intercom. Blitz Christie is a good one. Ian Garwood just said kind bud Abbott <laughs> from Ben War, War- Worcester. 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 <clears throat> Jessica saying spring strain, a.k.a. the boss. 
I like it. I like it. Man, this is good. Titus Hydroponicus. Wow. From Michael O'Brien. Oh, my goodness. Home run. Yeah, that's a home run. Buttsville Blast. The Bong Franklin Bridge. Well, that's more of a Philly one. That's that's yours. But it goes to Jersey. Yeah. I want none of that Philly stink all over our <laughs> weed. Right? Yeah. Because you know these Philly... These Philly people could be driving all over. Suddenly it's the first good thing they got to say about New Jersey when they, they want our, our legal weed. I mean, look, stoned pony is one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. I wish How I is that not already? I mean, they must have that. Like that would be good for Bruce. If Bruce does do a strain of like a weed line. Yeah. If his thing was called Dankness on the Edge of Town and then he had Stoned Pony. But how far away from Asbury do you think a, uh, like a head shop or a dispensary with the name Stoned Pony would have to be before a cease and desist happened? Like, do you think like Neptune or further, like further out? Um, I don't know. There's only one way to find out when we start selling it at, uh, at, uh, the best smoke. With Bong Sharpling. <laughs> Pat, would you consider managing the store? Sure. I mean, you know, I definitely would have to uh, leave my current gig, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Springstone. Yeah, I think that would work. But there's Spring a market. Springstone is there's, pretty good. There's a, war- there's a market. Little if, Sativa Van Zant. If I work there, I'd like to introduce Snooky Ookie. Snooky Ookie is good. Yeah. And, I love it. And Diner Danko. Diner <laughs> Hoboken Choke. Man, this is good. We got it. We got to get this going. Pat, start looking at shops. Start looking at, at storefronts, please. What What town should we be in? What do you think, New Brunswick? Maybe, yeah. Get that Maybe we go down to Princeton. Crowd. What's that? Princeton. 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 Right? Maybe off Route 1 near that weird spot where they got a Wendy's on one side of the street and a McDonald's on the other. Definitely a strip mall. Yeah. Definitely a strip mall. Well, I love it. I love it, and I am excited about our new future Selling weed. Jason, will you? Oh, here we go. Amelia, Adam blazed a strain. Adam blazed a strain. <laughs> Dan had another good one. The ghost of Tom Joint. <laughs> Dan Macdonald. We, we got a, a we, how's he doing? He's a good guy. I he's like great. That. Yeah. He's, uh, he uh, married my friend Tabitha and they live uh, upstate now. That's nice. Tell him I said hi. I will. I think I just did. I think I just told him hi. Man, we got to get this weed going here. We get this weed shop set up. You got another call for me? Tons. You like those Borat behind the scenes stories? That is crazy. Yeah. Crazier than the movie. Yeah. 
I mean, there could Best be a Shell making Hot. Of oh no, sorry, Pat. Go no, ahead. I mean, like if if there was a making of Borat, I think it would it would do just as well because the yeah. stories are crazy. Chris, his name was Chris. <laughs> Where's Chris? <laughs> Jason's like, oh boy, Chris is in bad shape. Hold on, I'm Chris. Best show, hi. Hi, I'm Pat from South Boston. Pat from South Boston? That's my name. You mean, is that Southie? Yeah, that's Southie. Good old, good old Southie. Now, Pat, do you like apples? Yes. I enjoy an apple from time to time. Wrong Pat, wrong Pat, Sorry, sorry. Oh, sorry, it's confusing. No, you're the right Pat, Pat. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I Pat, an apple from Pat, don't talk, Pat. Ugh. Let Pat talk, Pat. <laughs> Pat, what were you saying? Uh, I enjoy an no, apple. No, the other Pat. No, I'm kidding. Go Damn ahead, man. you go ahead. <laughs> I enjoy an apple from time to time. Well, how do you like them apples? I, haven't, I, haven't, I like them with a bit of caramel on the outside. So that's how you would have handled that scene in Goodwill Hunting. If he was like, yeah. you like apples? How do you like them apples? You'd be like, I like them with a little bit of caramel on the outside. No, no, you don't get it. I want you to feel bad that I got this phone number. You'd be like, oh, phone number. I thought we were talking about apples. We're talking about apples or phone numbers. <laughs> I like one of the funniest you- things, one of the funniest things I ever saw in Boston in, in was I had to go interview a, a, a player on the Boston Celtics, right? And they, uh, they had their practice space was outside of Boston and. Uh, I had time to kill. I got there early. They were still practicing. So I just pulled into this community college parking lot and sat there to kill time for an hour before I could go to the practice facility nearby. And um, this community college had a giant banner hanging outside there, uh, outside of the, one of the buildings. And it said, um, as seen in Goodwill Hunting. And, and then it's like, wait, no, this is the, this is as seen in Goodwill Hunting as the terrible school that Robin Williams was stuck at. Yeah. It's like, it's not, you're, you sure you really want to brag about as seen in Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. The, the bar, some of the bars around here do that too. But it was like known as a terrible school in the movie where he's just like, Oh, what happened to my life? I'm teaching at this dump. <laughs> yeah. As seen yeah, like, in Goodwill Hunting. <laughs> so guess, what do you got for I, me, Pat? I got I got uh I got a weed strain here for you, but I also got a reason a, a alternative reason for calling and we'll get to that, but I want to endear you with my, my weed strain first. Well let's hear it. Okay. Uh, my weed strain for a uh, uh, New Jersey weed strain is uh, Gabba Glue. Gabba Glue. That's pretty good. Gabba Glue. Gabba Glue. All right. Uh, I like it. Thank you. Okay. Uh, my alternate reason nope. for calling is uh, my girlfriend actually called last week mm-hmm. and proposed to me. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Allie from uh, Somerville called in. And, uh, I didn't take it as well as I should have. What? I, I, I said yes, of course, 
like, I love her, and, and, I'll, and you know, I'll, I won't be with her. Uh, but, like, it was, like, a weird situation where, like, she was showing me the best show and trying to get me into it. And uh, you guys were, like, talking about me, and you were, like, almost like her mom, like, going, like, well, is this boy fit for, for a, a common-law marriage, you know? And uh, I was, like, I kind of got in my head about it, and I was, like, am I good enough? And, and then, uh, so I kind of freaked out. I was, like, oh, like, putting, putting, I felt a little exposed. Sure, sure. So, uh, how do you feel? Kind of, but did you, did you, did you process it? You got your head straight? Oh, absolutely. And I said, absolutely. I, I, like, I'd love to be a Kamala husband, but I kind of ruined the moment that she kind of had planned and like she was showing me the best show and then she proposed to me on it and I kind of screwed that up like real bad, you know? So what do so you want to say to Allie right now, Pat? I want to say to Allie, I know you're listening, Allie. I love you. I want to be your common-law husband. I want to be your uncommon-law husband. I want to be, we can do a, a ritual at a court. I mean, a ritual at a court. We can do a, like, a, a thing at a court. We could do a ritual, a magic ritual, whatever you want. We can certify this bond in any world you want because I want to be with you. And I'm sorry for screwing that moment off, but I love you. And uh, you're the best. Oh, well, Patrick, uh, Pat, you seem like a sweet guy. Can I call you Patrick? Uh, yeah, please. Well, Patrick, you seem like a decent sort, and I'm going to say this. Allie, Patrick Patrick put his foot in his mouth. Yeah, absolutely. He's, you, know, you, know his, you know he's a good guy, though. You know you know his heart. Sure. He messed up. Is he, he, he started flapping his gums a little too much and, 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 and said some stuff. And now he's 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 setting it right. Absolutely. So I hope she uh, likes this. <laughs> Look, I think I I appreciate you uh, you clarifying it, and I I'm sure Allie will appreciate it also. All right. Uh, thanks a lot, Tom. Uh, thank you for giving me you know the platform, and uh, you know that you got a you got a new fan now. I'm in. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the welcome to the fold. Well, thank you, brother man, and uh, thanks again. Uh, love you, Allie. Fredericks. Uh, wait, what did you say? Nothing. I thought you were somebody else for a second. I thought you might be this guy <laughs> Fredericks who used to call. Oh no. Oh. He's he's in jail now. Oh snap. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, thanks for the call, Pat, and let me know what happens. Absolutely, Tom. We'll, right. we'll get you with, a, with an update. You have a good one. I've taken enough time. You, take, you have a good one, yeah. Tom. All right, buddy. All right, bye. Bye. Nice guy. Nice guy. That was great because that was like a full circle. Nice. He his. I remember uh, common law wife called. Was it two weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Allie, last week. Last week. Yeah, yeah. last week. And, yeah. He, and this guy got through first time calling. That's pretty amazing. He had never it's, listened to yeah. the show before. He did it. That's what love will do sometimes, Pat. All right. We got anybody else? Yeah. What about Hi, oh my. Still got some full full phones. Hi, oh my is pretty good. Best show, hi. Ooh, let me hit the button. And I am here. Hi, Tom. Hi, who's this? This is Vitaly. I'm calling from North Jersey. 
Welcome. And, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I got a couple of uh, things for the topic. What do you got? Uh, I think you already... Oh, oh, no, oh. Okay, I just... I have... Uh... for a second. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. Go ahead. I've got... Oh, I think you all talked about the... The Wawa before, but I, feel, I don't think anyone said Wawa Wowie, which I feel like would be important. No, Wawa Wowie is a good one. That actually is like the cleanest version of a Wawa weed. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. That's that's the one I'm going to get. I also, I was kind of hoping that when it all comes around, I was kind of hoping to get a new Bridge Kush. And the other the other things, I'm not really want to memorialize this guy. I don't really like this guy. I, I In fact, I actively don't like this guy, but... Yeah, Jared Kushner's from New Jersey, and I feel like it would be too good not to have a Kushner Kush. There should be, yeah. There should be some kind, but how can we have that and make it humiliate him also, though, not make him seem in any way cool? Can it just be like the weed that I used to smoke in high school? Can can that be the Kushner Kush? Like you you get it, and it's like, what is this? It's all seeds and like dirt weed. Yeah, it should just be called Kushner dirt Kushner (laughs) dirt weed. Right, a, a brick of Kushner Kush, yeah, yeah, yeah. This dirty ditch weed. Oh, I'm loving the show time. I, I, I was like, I didn't want to get, uh, didn't want to be in outer space by the time, uh, by the time I was about to talk to you. So I'm just firing everything up right now. I'm gonna get a little <laughs> towards the end portion of the show. All right. You do your you do your business. You do your business. You you do your business. And look, if you gave, I'm going to say this. This show's no. It is not endorsing. I'm not telling everybody go get high from listening to the show. You want uh, you get you get your jollies with a nice glass of water. Then let that be how you have a fun time. You like walking around the block and exercising. You do that. You like uh, you're like a young Dennis Hopper. You get your thrills huffing gas. (laughs) <laughs> All of the above, Tom. I just listened to this long. Okay, so, well, thank you. Cool. I just listened to this audio book, this Dennis Hopper biography. Ay, ay, ay. That's a rough dude to like. Rough dude. Like he, he, he well, for, what's that? Did he read it? No, he didn't read it. He's he was oh, long okay. gone before that. Oh. Um, it, it, he, 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 um, amongst his many, uh, things in terms of just being like a, a abusive nightmare, he, um, he, he fought Terry Southern over the credit for easy rider. Cause he just was obsessed with having credit for the thing. He didn't, he, he wrote, Terry Southern wrote the movie and then he gave, he gave them a deal on it to do it for cheap because he wanted to tell the story. And then he was rewarded by having them take his money by not paying him and denying he worked on it. Like he came up with the title, man. And then when it was time, when it was just like, hey, where's your, so Dennis, where's your script for it? I don't have one. But then Terry Southern has a script. <laughs> like, yeah, it's funny. You think, you think you might hold on to the easy rider script. 
especially a guy who is just like, I save everything, man. It's like, oh, you save everything. Didn't save that easy rider script that you wrote. Whatever. And then he's one of those guys who does the classic, I'm a conservative now, like later in life, like guy shoves the hippie lifestyle on everybody. And then suddenly he's like, I vote for Reagan. Ay, ay, ay. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Bad news. I like, I like Dennis Hopper's photographs. And I think the movie Easy Rider is a, 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 a buffoon fest. But I do like the photos. I think he, I think he was a, a really good photographer. Good actor. Not so hot as a human. We got anybody else, Pat? Yes, sir. Hi. Sir, I like that. I like that. Sir. Yes, sir. Hi. Best show, hi. Hi. To whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Sharon from Raleigh. Sharon? Sh- Sharon from Raleigh? Yes. From Raleigh, North Carolina. Yes, North Carolina. One-third of the triangle, yeah. as they call it. <laughs> yes, well, yes, one-third of the triangle, yes. The triangle <laughs> is comprised of... <laughs> Apple Hill, Durham. Durham, and Raleigh. Raleigh, yes. And what's your favorite of the three? Um, Raleigh. You like Raleigh the best? <laughs> and are you uh, a fan of... Well, I like Chapel Hill maybe the best because, you know, Cat's Cradle is there, so... Sure. So. You like the club, the Cat's Cradle. Yeah. And well, what do you think of the Duke? Though. Are you a fan of Duke? Um, and I, and well, actually, I am a fan of state of NC State. Not, yes, yes, of course, because you know, I, because you know, I'm from Molly. Sure. <laughs> okay. All right. What do you got for me tonight? Oh, so um, I have a couple for the topic. Um, I, I, I do know that like kind of Wawa was overplayed, but, um, well, you not want to keep playing it. You well play it though. You, you, uh, you got a Wawa gonna, one. You lay it on me. Yeah. I'm gonna only because, you know, a, a couple hours ago, I tried to call in. I was like, it's Wawa what? <laughs> Wawa what? Yes. I mean, funny. like you're you're so high, you're like what? Yeah, like that. Wawa what? Yes. Okay. Wawa what? That's what about Wawa Weewa? And then you get Borat <laughs> on the package. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Maybe. Wawa Wawa Weedwa. Wawa Weedwa. That would be. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, we got and an then, in on okay. that. We guess he would get Jason Walner to walk that one over to uh, Sasha <laughs> Baron Cohen. And you want to make someone sell some weed? Wah wah weed wah. Uh, wah wah weed wah. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. What else uh, you got? Okay, I've got I've got seven to say you now. Okay, so you go you them. you go for it. Okay. Um, I have the chairman of the bong. Chairman of the bong. Frank Sinatra reference. Very good. Yeah. Okay. 
I've got grandma's gravy. Grandma's gravy? You mean because of like, because yeah. New Jersey because, gravy? Because in New Jersey, people call tomato. Yeah. They call sauce tomato gravy. Which is so mm-hmm. crazy. Yes, mm-hmm. like whatever that's about. Yeah. With the chairman yeah. of the bong, what if what if they had commercials for it and it's like you make me feel so high, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yeah, that, that could be a song. Okay, yeah, it is. I just um, did it. Okay, and th- and then maybe we get weird Al. Maybe we get weird. Maybe we get Weed oh. Al to do it, huh? Um. Well, you know, I knew I yeah. I actually had dinner with Weird Al once. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, back in my days, uh, I, I I used to work for William Morris Agency and I had dinner with Weird Al. Uh. Bad guy, from what I hear, right? Bad guy, not nice. No, he's the nicest guy ever. The nicest guy ever. He's so nice. He's one of the kindest souls you'd ever want to meet. I love Weird Al so much. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, Okay, number four is Red Bank Skank. Red Banks, Red Bank Skank, like it. Yeah. Yep. The Garden Strain Parkway. Well, maybe the weed. Maybe it should be weed. Weed Al Skankovic. Weed. <laughs> right. Like that's our. That's our. That's our. Like we. Our. Our marijuana version of of Weird Al, and he does like you make me feel so high. <laughs> come on down to the. Come on down to the. What was it called again? The bong sharp. The the best smoke with bong sharpling. Yeah. Hi, I'm Weird Al. I'm Weed Al. Fly me to the moon. Fly me to the moon. Did you sing that? Fly me to the moon because I got so high on the weed from the shit store. (laughs) And all these little kids. (laughs) What else you got? Um, uh, I got New Crunkswick. New Crunkswick, okay. Good, isn't it? And then, mm-hmm. and then, okay, now here's very old school. I'm not sure if you'll remember, but Crunkle Floyd. I don't get it. I'm kidding. You of course I get it. Of course. Uncle Floyd. Yeah, Crunkle Floyd. There, there's no way that when weed is being sold legally in New Jersey, that Uncle Floyd doesn't slap his face on something. <laughs> Unless no one would ever understand that, they'd be like, "What, what do you mean, Uncle Floyd?" I'm not really sure. If he's good enough, if, if he's I'll, if he's good, if he if he's I'll willing to go play piano at a flea market, Floyd, I'm not sure what that is. <laughs> you don't know who that is? No, no, no. I'm saying, like, you know, kids these days, you know, want to get legalized, and they go to like, you know, uh, I'll order the Uncle the Floyd, you know, Uncle Floyd. They'd be like, "Oh." They yeah, won't really understand what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now they'll figure. Trust me, they'll figure it out. Yeah. So what do we? Uh, then, uh, that's cool. That's great. My last one is Hoboken Token, which is kind of stupid, but no, nah, that's pretty good. Hoboken yeah. Token. Oh, oh, and here's a, and this is for AP Mike Bananas and Bayonne. Bananas and Bayonne. Well, he'll be happy to hear that. We'll we'll. Yeah. So, all right, my friend. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, thanks for taking my call. Bye.
Got another call? Anybody? Yes. No, no, no. I'm saying, like, you know, kids these days, you know. Okay. All right. Turn it, turn it down. Turn it down, Chief. Turn it down. Hey, if you're one of the people on, if you're one of the few humans that are on hold for the best show right now, I'm talking to you. Hello. There you are. What's up? Uh, nothing much. This is William from Naperville. William and, from where now? Uh, Naperville, Illinois. Naperville, Illinois, home of Bob Odenkirk. I, he he went to high school here, at least. That's good enough. That's good enough. Okay, there we go. So, what do you got for me? Well, uh, my family usually vacations in New Jersey, so I have to do some weed names based on uh, where we go. Uh, Long Beach Highland. Okay, very good. Yeah. Um, I guess this one isn't very creative, but Beach Haven already kind of sounds like a weed name, so just keep that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this one, take a little explanation. Have you seen John Sales's Baby, It's You? Have I seen that movie? I don't know if I ever did see that movie. Yeah, I think that's the best New Jersey movie ever made. It's about, like, Rosanna Arquette falling in love with a scumbag in high school. And the ma- and the scumbag she falls in love with is named The Sheik. So, you know, we could go, like, The Sheik's special, special sauce and sell it only to John Sales or tourists. Sure. Well, it might be, we might be narrowing our appeal in the marketplace if you have to be a John Sales uh, super fan to, to buy that weed. But... I mean, yeah, you could also be like a Vincent Spano completist, you know. So, you know, we've got two markets cornered that nobody else is selling to. So, Well, I'm going to say I think those might be the same market. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I mean. I'm a fan of John Sales. I can't stand Vincent Spano. <laughs> yeah, he really ruined City of Hope. Really? Uh, let me guess. I'm going to make a guess here, and there's no way I'm wrong on this. I would bet everything I have on this planet. You have a Criterion Channel subscription. Oh my god! How did you know? <laughs> I I could just uh, it was just a hunch, just a hunch that you you rolled off five John Sales jokes in a row. I can keep going. Keep going. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, did now, you see the movie I recommended on Twitter? Are you on Twitter? Uh, yes, I am on Twitter. Let me see. And let me just uh, say, this president of the United States with his Twitter thing, it's very classy. He's always concerned with class. He thought, like reports are saying that he was, he thought the people storming the Capitol were looked low class is what he was concerned about. Not that they looked insane or treasonous or any of that stuff. They looked low class. I mean, what, what did he want them in tuxedos? Yeah. Yeah. Just carrying around nightcaps. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I can't, I, I don't yeah. bring, you don't take, you don't have white zip ties after Labor Day. 
Is that what he wanted? Look, I mean, why am I, I not? Like why am I not it. the most? Uh, why am I not the most renowned uh, jokester in the in the biz with uh, with fast quips like that? Why? I I, why? I mean, I I want to say it's racism, even though you're white. I you know, I, that's oh, just that's, my hunch. That's moronic. Please just stop, stop with that. That's uh, we're not even gonna. Yeah, yeah, you okay. raised. Uh, yeah, I know you're trying to be, you're trying to be a, a cut up here, but I'm okay. Right. I, I don't like that road. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. Look, you can I'll, I'll take your, the high road. I'm not. You, I'm, not I'm not here. To, I'm not. I'm not here to shock. I'm here to. No, no. Look, look. It's a look. It's fine. I'm the okay. jokester. I'm the jokester. It's true. It's true. I get it. no, but I recommended a movie. This John McEnroe documentary. Yes, I, I saw the tweet a while ago. I have not yet watched it but now that you have me on phone talking to you about it i think i may have to watch it it's so good it's so good it's one of those documentaries that is special in a way that it, you can't believe it exists where they took it they took this unseen footage that these french filmmakers would just do of tennis players just filming them and not even focusing on the match focusing on the player so you, it's his breakdown of, of John McEnroe as an athlete and as a person. It's, and, and it's got, it's got voiceover and is dissected and, and structured and it's really just amazing. Okay. Sounds good. So, um, yeah, I, uh, I can, and it leaves, it leaves a uh, criterion channel the end of this month. Um, so people should watch this uh, John McEnroe documentary on Criterion if you haven't. Anything else, buddy? Because I gotta, I gotta wrap it up. Okay, then I won't keep you waiting. Then I'll, I'll turn right. it off. Okay. Thank you. Night. Have a grand evening. How many? We got three more calls, Pat. Yes, we have three. Sorry, I was on mute. Okay, no more, no more. That's it. Because I want to wrap it up on time. Brayett is going to a nightclub tonight for a C. Oh, I wasn't supposed to say that on the air. <laughs> Sorry. That's out of the bag. Yeah, he goes. That's the name of the nightclub. Sorry. Yeah. 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 Well, you went further then. You actually said the name of your nightclub that you're going to. Um, best show. Hi. Hey, Tom. Joseph from Fort Worth. Joseph from Fort Worth. What's up, Joseph? Nothing. Just uh, got two for the topic, um, Jersey Weed Strains. What do you got? So for uh, the feelies, it will be the fatties. And then apmike.bandcamp.cush. That's pretty good. AP Mike. And he'll be the first one to start plugging that uh, <laughs> weed. Uh, he'll be the one that tests whether Bandcamp, you can sell weed on Bandcamp with his, uh, I guess his team will figure that out. So, all right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks, Tim. And just uh, got two for the topic. Um, Besho. Hi. Hello, hi, Besho. Hi. From Nashville. Who's, who's this? This is Taylor from Nashville. How are you doing, Tom? Good, good. What's going on tonight? Uh, just listening to you, sitting here with my girlfriend, playing some Minecraft. I got some... Uh, some fresh new strains for you. What do you got? Um, I got Mildwood. Instead of Wildwood, very good. 
Asbury King. Say it again. As Asbury King. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yep. Uh, parentheses, Haddon, close parentheses, Field of Dreams. Okay. Ten Sock Spacewalk. Uh-huh. Uh, can you picture the ACDC logo? Uh, I can, yes. So, so ACOG, but the little container you get has the lightning bolt between the, the C and the O. Okay. I like it. You're thinking of the marketing, uh, which I like. You took it to the next level. Oh, yeah. Gra- graphic designer by day, so it's uh, very second nature to me. Yeah, you can't shut it off. You can just don't know how to shut it off. No, no. It's the curse I live with, man. Uh, I have more. Do you want more, or am I overstaying the welcome? No, you're good. That's good. You did You did great. So... Sorry, keep keep going or stop. Give me one more. Give me one more. Give me your best one. Mm, I'm going to go with my girlfriend's recommendation, which is Danny DeVito. I thought it was a pretty strong one. But what is it? Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito is great because he's from New Jersey. Home run. Yep. Great yep. job. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Hey, how you doing, man? This is Abed. Is this uh, Tom? It is. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Great. I'm great. I know uh, Jason. Right, is there Walliner? He was. He's not physically here, but he uh, we, He was on the show. Oh, oh, he was on the show. So it's just me and you. It's just me and you, buddy. What do you got for me? Uh well, look. I don't. Uh, I'm not a regular listeners, so I just saw that your show was open, that you were taking calls, so I figured I'd try this out. <laughs> okay. Uh, but how does this work? I mean, do I give you a topic and then we discuss it? Is that how it happens? Um, no, we usually talk about the topic that we're all talking about right now. So. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, That's all right. I thought I heard you guys mention uh, the feelies. Well, we're talking about New Jersey weed strains. What would be good brands for New Jersey weed? Oh, new brands for New Jersey weed. I see. Yeah. Like well, meaning, like, like crazy uh, kinds of strains that would cross different kinds of weed. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, just it would be like marketing things for, um, yeah, things that would be like what would be funny ones. But so look, this is what you do. You listen. You figure it out, you get the spirit of the thing, and then you call back. Oh, I'm so sorry, man. I just don't worry; it's we fine. Were... No, I because I know I know you're a music guy, so I figured I would call in and try to strike All a chord right. that way. Yeah. Now, well, look, I got I got to wrap. That. I only have three minutes left for the show, and I got to talk about something. I got to talk about. I see. So, well, good to talk. But to I you. appreciate. Have a nice day. And you too. Thank, day, thank you for the call. Okay. All right, is that it for the phones? Pat? That's it. Okay. Thanks, everybody who called. It was a nice night. Um, appreciate it. And I just want to end the show saying that uh, this week, uh, a few days ago, somebody really special passed away 
uh, really, oh my goodness, what a sweetheart of a person. Neil Mahoney uh, died a few days ago, and he is somebody who I've known for a long time, and he's somebody who uh, is a friend and somebody who is just one of those people that literally everybody likes and it's just um yeah he's just one of the nicest sweetest people and it's just truly heartbreaking he is somebody i admired his talent and the things that he worked on he was an editor and a director and he's just was so funny and so just a good guy. And you can just, if you look on, you see what social media has been like for the last few days and people are just devastated by this loss and rightfully so because he is, the loss is just enormous. What a, a complete champion of a person he was and is. Um, I got to work with him on the postal service video that I did, uh, the, the voting one we did over the summer. I had never actually gotten a chance to work on anything with him until then. And we edited, he edited the video and it was one of the most challenging edits you can have because it was a million different zoom things from all different people. And we're trying to make it all happen and pull it all together. And it's the trickiest thing ever. And I mean, it was like him editing five videos by editing one zoom video. And I spent uh, a lot of time talking to him about it and working with him on it. And we sat one night and at his place and socially distanced doing the editing and I mean, I have, I've known him for a long time and, uh, but that was the night I got to see him actually work, which I had never had the opportunity to actually watch him. And that night it was just like, this guy is a legit talent. And I was just blown away by that. He's just, it was just, it was all, it was everything you could ask for from a person and a friend. Kind, funny, incredibly talented, smart, amazing taste. Um, man, what a, what a huge loss. And we're all just crushed by it. And he was a very, he was very supportive of this show. Um, he was just very, he was a, he was actually, I think when we did the best show awards years ago, he got like best, best gomp of the year. I think something like that. He would send me clips of stuff and, uh, he, you know, he does the, he does the pot, Jonah radio with, uh, Jonah Ray and, uh, also people who were, really close to Jonah and I mean to, to, sorry, to Neil, uh, like, like Jonah 
and the people who worked with him regularly, I can't even imagine what they're going through. And I just, they get my sympathy and, um, yeah, Neil, Neil was the one who sent me the clips of Jonah saying that he stole beers. <laughs> so he just was the funniest guy and he, he was so kind to me as a person and to this show and to everything. And I just got to say, it's a huge loss. And, uh, if anybody, I can't think of anybody being more missed than Neil's going to be missed. So rest in peace and best show will be back next week. Thanks for listening. And, uh, we will talk to you soon. Bye.